folks welcome to the latest episode of sorcery and shenanigans i'm your dm wayne and uh very shortly we're going to introduce the rest of the group um but first we're going to just get our housekeeping out of the way and thank our ongoing sponsors and um, this of course is episode six uh of our spell jammer campaign for sorcery and shenanigans and let's see what you know happens in this particular episode but first without further ado uh, we just want to thank our ongoing sponsors, uh, our fantastic sponsors, Dublin City Comics. Um, you can find them on Capel Street in Dublin City Centre, or you can check them out on that web address there. Ooh, down there. DublinCityComics.ie uh, They are a fantastic shop, and they have supported us all the way through this and given us great giveaway prizes. We'll be announcing the winners of the latest giveaway prizes, which are these beautiful tomes. They are literal tomes of the two Drizzt Warden omnibuses of... Basically, I think this collects the first three novels in comic book form of the Drizzt Warden storyline. So that's a fantastic prize. That will be given away this episode. And then we have uh, another prize that they've given us for next month's giveaway. Uh, our second sponsor, our returning sponsor, is Dakota Irish. Uh, DakotaIrish.com. Fantastic bunch of people. Uh, purveyors of all things nerdy and TTRPG, from dice to a lot of official Wizards of the Coast merchandise um, to some other fantastic stuff like tankards, candles, candlesticks in the shape of dragons, dice trays, which, you know, we're purveyors of. Uh, beautiful dice, which they're also... You know, you can check out. But they have given us a discount code, which again, you can see just down there. Whoop, down there. And this month's discount code is Dying Light Ale. So Dying Light Ale. And you'll see it there. It'll come up throughout the entire episode uh, as we play along. So that's our sponsors out of the way. Here are the rest of the group. Hi. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it's been over a month or just a month since the last time we played so just to keep a quick recap on what the group have been up to in the last episode or in the last couple of episodes they have been on the run basically from uh, the Xanathar's Thieves Guild and uh, run from Waterdeep to the northern city of Neverwinter under the guise of mercenaries for hire they did some investigation they retrieved some artifacts and then again went on the run from remnants of the Xanathar's Eve's Guild uh, and the Zentarum. Finding themselves with no choice but to flee to the high seas on a merchant vessel. They were then pursued and landed on a strange deserted, what, what, they, did, what they thought was deserted jungle island. Only to find a large um, mysterious temple um, filled with serpentine creatures that they had to battle. And upon escaping that 
They then were greeted by the sight of Captain Mingna's vessel, the Silver Spear, arriving from out of the void and landing on the beachfront. Uh, to everyone's amazement, this vast spacefaring, spell jamming vessel arrives uh, after much toil and tribulations trying to get to where they are. So that's where we pick up. The group are on the beachhead uh, of this mysterious tropical island. The Silver Spear is anchored as, as it is, floating about 10 feet above the beach line as the group have kind of all huddled together. There's pockets of of groups uh, from the merchant vessel, the captain uh, Elsa Anchor Anchorfist is there with her crew, and they've kind of broken off into little segments. There's campfires going, and the first mate from Captain Mingna's uh, crew, uh, one half orc called Karabash, is very quietly conversing with the captain off to one side. The three of you find yourselves standing, uh, kind of away. Everyone's kind of giving you a wide berth um, as you are kind of. Taking all of this in, and this is what you see in front of you now, this vast, gigantic vessel that seems to be made out of, it. it what at, at a glance, it looks like it's shimmering uh, in the, the kind of mid-afternoon sun, um, glinting off it like it's blinding to look at, and hence where it gets its name from, the Silver Spear, because the wood that, it, that makes up this vessel's hull seems to be shining, um, like a, a, a kind of an opulent, shimmering wave of light flickers across it as the midday sun catches it's large masts stretching into the sky uh it sails furled um for now um but the crew as you can see where you're standing you look up and you can see people are milling about on deck but and you can hear shouts and some people exclaiming the captain the captain as carabash is off speaking to mingna gesturing not wildly but kind of slightly animated and uh, you're kind of a, a good bit away, about 20 feet away, as they're conversing and the captain is filling Karabash in on your adventures. So, as a group or as individuals, what are you currently doing? Well, I'm staring in awe at this thing. Uh, Grey has been everywhere, but this is another level. Uh, I just turn to the others, I'm like, it's so pretty. We get to go on it. I hope so. I hope like like it's a bit teasery, you know, just putting it out there and we're not allowed on. Like, you know, is there a height restriction? There's not, we're alright. I don't think I've seen one. You ever um, seen anything like this before, Logan? Um, I well, I've I like I've seen some of them fly, but I've never seen some of them like literally come from what did they say it was? Like from out of the sky. And to be honest, I thought it might be bigger and like have a, a roof, but that doesn't seem to be like the case. But um, do you think we can go on, Grey? We'd like to have a look. Yeah, I mean, Mingna's going to get on here. She's our people now. We're still yeah, we're absolutely going to travel on this thing. It is pretty impressive. I will admit she looks yeah. mildly impressed. <laughs> um. Well, we've we've got to we've got to figure out what's going on with these lovely tattoos that myself and Mingna have. So it seems like the only way is up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I hope nobody sings a song now. That would be terrible. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, okay. Uh, I'm just gonna 
just gonna just gonna mooch around it until we find out what we're doing because they're still talking. Uh, Zill, do you know what they're talking about? Uh, how far away from them are we, Wayne? You're you're about twenty feet. Um, if you want to try and you know, Ika and listen. I'll try and I'll try and eavesdrop. Curiosity um, killed a rabbit, so yeah, yeah me too. Give, give, give <laughs> me yeah, the uh, give me the old perception check there. See if you can pick anything. Yeah. Oh, not 20. Ooh. Ooh. For, a total, for, a, for a total of? 21. 21. <laughs> um, you are picking up chunks of sentences. in. The, they're not speaking in a loud voice. Karabash is kind of half whispering, half conversing. He seems yeah. to have a low, rumbly baritone. He's like, he, as you can hear him, he's the... Mm, we, we had a hard time getting here, Captain. It, it's strange, the void, the flossajon is is mixed up it's there's cracks and breaks and and the twins they had a problem even navigating it it's it's i don't know i mean i'm i'm not i'm not a, not a spell caster like you or even the twins or anything like it i just you know you know me i i hit things until they stop moving that's my deal but i just there's no explaining it i mean you have to see it to believe it um and his voice kind of cracks a bit as he kind of doesn't really you can tell he, he's trying to explain something, but really has no clue. Um, he doesn't understand it himself. To doesn't be able understand to it himself it kind of what thing. it is. But what you kind of garner from what he's saying, it took them a long time to get here. Once they received your message, and it was something blocking them. And you were all like, you remember, and if you relay this to the group, you all remember that when you tried to get the message through to the ship. Yeah. There was something. There was something that you yeah. had to punch through in order to get the message yeah. through to them. So it yeah, kind of he felt that. Yeah. Um, the captain is just, he's kind of like concerned, nodding along and kind of looking down at the ground as such. And then at the last minute, she kind of looks over and sees the three of you and, and she kind of just gives a, a, a kind of a friendly wave and nods uh, and then just kind of turns to Carabash and uh, kind of just, you, you see them exchange a couple of words and she kind of pats him on the shoulder and, you can see she's she's generally happy to see him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And they don't fully embrace, but she squeezes it like she's he's a good two feet taller than her. Like you know, I mean, and he's a he's a massive Dorito shaped individual, um, just full on <laughs> shoulders. Um, and you can see now as you kind of take him in, he is he seems to be wearing a the the usual sailor garb of a, of a kind of a a wide cuffed shirt with a high collar. But over that, you see kind of a leather waistcoat that is buttoned up and is intricately detailed and has seems to have a symbol of a spear kind of etched into and 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 filigreed in silver at the on the top uh, left breast kind of breast side. But the intricate details on it look like there's kind of swirls of waves and stars woven into the leather. Um, that seems to make up this beautiful intricate piece of what well, is essentially leather armor. Um, and he has then a, a kind of a large belt that is uh, tucked into high boots. Uh, sorry, his pants are tucked into high boots. Not his belt isn't tucked into his boots. But he's wearing maroon pants that kind of floof out at the at the lip of the top of his boots that are tucked into it. Fluffy pants. Yeah, um, full on, full on. MC know, Hammer. Not MC Hammer pants, but full on pirate garb, like stereotypical right. pirates of Penzance. You know, flowing mm -hmm. shirt, puffy trousers. Um, he has, he has Fancy metal armor. Full on, like beautifully intricate le leather armor. 
Um, but in places you can see, particularly like when it, as you kind of look closer, parts of it seems to be reinforced. So he's got like extra padding in there uh, that kind of matches what looks like his warrior stature. Um, strapped to his belt, he has a large broadsword that's sheathed, and then numerous daggers along one side of it. And you can see also a dagger and a holster on his leg, and, a, and another one on the other side, in holstered into his boot. This guy is equipped um, to fight. Um, and as the kind of captain waves back to you, he kind of looks over her shoulder and then looks down at her and you can see them exchange more words and she kind of pats him again and then starts making her way over. Um, so as she's making her way, I'm going to say to the other two, so it seems like they had some trouble getting here, which we figured. Um, but I get the vibe that that Carabash guy is on the level. Like, if I, I trust Ming-Na at this stage, so I think her people are gonna be good people yeah me too they they acquitted themselves real well those snakes so uh i uh so far so good well the crew that were fighting against the snakes were the crew of anchor ship ship. and they're all there and like part some of the some of her crew have kind of started to make their way into rowboats and out onto the remnants of her ship that was damaged and right, she yeah. is starting to plan repairs and plan crews. And a lot of the crew, even herself, you see them standing around in awe at this vessel that is the Silver Spear because it is fucking huge. It is the biggest vessel. Even even you, Lopan, with your, with your seafaring and skyfaring ways, this is the largest vessel you have ever seen. It is. I was trying to be like, you know, pretend I'd seen yeah. bigger, but, uh, you know. <laughs> I've seen it bigger. But it is, like, you know, it, it is massive um, and sleek. Like it's it's it literally looks like a spear that flies through the air. It's got it, the, the the stem of the ship um, comes up to a point, and and it it, it, it has like a, a forced kind of not not forced but it has like a javelin shape to the front of it, and it's sleek on the sides, um, that kind of swoop down into a base that go up towards the stern of the ship where you do see kind of what look like rudders um, sticking out on either side, fan shaped. Um, and, and you can just make out up onto the deck because it is floating quite high above you. It can just make it out in, in the mid-morning sun or mid-afternoon sun. There is seems to be structures on board at the back, um, kind of where the bridge would be, um, but you can't really make it out. You're kind of not at a right angle. You'd have to kind of be up on the ship. Um, mm. Captain Mingna arrives up at this point and she's like, well, the ship is here and if if you're willing and ready... I, I would be honoured to invite you on board and give you the safety and protection of the crew and and everything that encompasses. I, I owe you my life. You've gotten me this far and they're here now. And she kind of turns to Yuzel Zara and she's, we have a mystery um, that seems to have us intertwined for now. And I agree. I believe, I do know of some people who might be able to help us but we would have to go beyond this sphere away from everything you know it is it is quite the ask and i understand if you are hesitant i i was once in the position you are in um having never ventured into the skies before and into the void it was given to me as an opportunity and and I'm very happy that I took it. So I now give that opportunity to you if you wish. And obviously, with 
had in mind to, to solve this riddle and free you of this burden. And she kind of is looking at the three of you, hopefully. And, and you notice them beside you, kind of like, you don't know when they've arrived or, or when, like all of a sudden Von Breck is there and um, the maid is with him. And he's like, oh, don't you forget now, you promised I could go as well. And she was, she just kind of gives him a, a, a dismissive nod. It's like, I promised, I promised, go ahead and make your way on board. And you just see him like turn to the to the maid. He's like, all right, now let's go. And he kind of just starts to waddle off towards the gangplank. Gray sees that as soon as someone else has made their way, even roughly in the direction of the gangplank, Gray goes, that's great. Okay, we're 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 game. Bye. And then just. A, just <laughs> <coughs> Skitties up the gangplank, like uh, like uh, like he's chasing a squirrel. Gone. Okay. Boom. So pounds, kind of like looking at grain, then looking at the captain's like, well, you know, like I have a bit of a bucket list, and one of them was to fall out of the sky, and I've done that like five times, but like uh, I don't even know what a void is, but uh, I say falling out of that would be deadly. So yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I'm in. Uh, I, 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 bye, and I'll run up as well. Okay. Or hop. I'm I'm hopping a while. I'll start hopping up. Yeah, Zilla, are you going to start bounding? Are you bounding too? (laughs) I'm going to turn to Mingna and say, I guess we're in then. And we're going to start strolling towards the uh, the gangplank with her. And and she's outside the central bank on a Saturday. (laughs) Um. Just kind of you hear the clump of the new rocks as she goes up the gangplank. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of Zeal just turns and, and claps Karabash on the shoulder, and he just kind of looks a bit befuddled. Uh, you mean uh, Mingna? No, like Karabash, and she slaps him on the shoulder to kind of yeah, move yeah. on. Karabash is just like, <laughs> Yes, um, and, and he just follows you. Um, you you each in turn as you like the gangplank is steep enough, but you as you kind of move away up, move your way, have all of you make your way up this gangplank. Um, the magic users in the group in particular start to kind of sense in the back of you. It's like that kind of there's a buzz at the back at the base mm. of your base of your skull. You feel this hum, and it's very right. very strange. As you clamber onto the sturdy deck, it stretches out on either side of you. The silver spear, as I've said, is the largest vessel that you've ever seen. Its tall, gleaming masts stretch skyward. The shine from the afternoon sun giving the enormous sails a translucent sheen as they unfurl and just start to fold out as the crew shout and start to get the ship ready to set sail. As you look at the deck, you can see arcane runes. Some of them you recognise and some of you don't engraved in the actual wood of the deck again Ooh. the spellcasters of the group feel that underlying home drumming throughout the entire ship as the base of your like where your spine meets your skull just seems to be vibrating slightly it's not a strong feeling but you're very aware of its presence the crew are milling about the deck a veritable smorgasbord of different races Humans, half-orcs, tieflings, gnomes, and dwarves among their rank and file. All wearing the same leather armour you saw Karabash wearing. Some some sort of um, flowing shirts and the dark maroon breeches. A similarity to all of their attire that suggests some type of uniform. But nothing too official looking. Some glance towards you, 
as you board. Just quick glances up and down of your small group. Kurt salutes to the captain and Carabas as they make their way across the deck. A very clear feeling of high spirits as their captain returns to her ship once more. They are hurriedly readying the ship for departure. Captain Mingna motions for you to follow her as she heads towards the stern of the ship, where the bridge would usually be. But instead, there are two. There's a large two-story wooden structure. Gesturing with her arms wide as she spins around at the group as she walks backwards, gesturing at the ship as a whole. My friends, welcome on board, Silver Spear. You see a dim light pulsing out from the windows on the lower floor of the structure. More arcane symbols adorn it, particularly around the double doors at the front and centre. The frame that surrounds the door seems to be painted a bright silvery white, with the arcane symbols slowly glowing a light bluish hue. More crew members greet the captain as she strides across the deck, a renewed confidence building with every step that she takes. Great to have you back, Captain! Not worry, Captain, the spear's going to be ready for you, waiting to command. The captain nodding and giving everyone a tight smile in acknowledgement in turn. Mingna strides to the double doors, which open in front of her inwards of their own accord without anything, needing to push them or move them or twist the knob or anything. Um, the blue light of the door frame glowing a little brighter as she enters. As you follow her in, your eyes adjust to the slight darkness coming from in from the mid-afternoon sun. Uh, obviously, it doesn't affect you people with uh, dark vision. The corridor in front of you is lit by a, a small arcane lamps that float at intervals along the wall. Uh, again, you see a string of arcane symbols carved into the wood as you walk. It's everywhere across every part of the ship. The magical energy crackling ever so slightly, just out of reach at the back of your mind. And that's for the magic users. Low pan for you. It's just like, doo -doo 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 -doo. look at the pretty lights. <laughs> I think it's normally like that. Yeah. Um, the corridor in front of you, sorry, the, the, the magic, yeah. Closed doors dot the corridor on either side at regular intervals. You count eight doors in total. Four on the left side, four on the right. No discerning markings or signs denoting where they might lead. The group's collective footfalls making a dud thunking sound. You all walk together into the bells of this structure. The group approach another double door at the end of the corridor. Again, these doors open automatically as soon as the captain comes close to them. Ilzara, and to a lesser extent Grey, you suddenly feel that arcane hum at the back of your head grow louder and you get pins and needles across the back of your skull as a bright blue hue illuminates the corridor from the room up ahead. You all enter. It is a large circular room. The domed ceiling high above is adorned with an image that looks like the night sky. As you focus on it, you realize it's moving, shifting ever so slightly. The stars and constellations moving along with it, glowing brightly, as if somebody has painted it with magic paint as it moves and swirls in motion comes to life the walls of the room are punctuated by tall pillars stretched from floor to base at the dome ceiling at the very center of the room hovering over what looks like some form of arcane summoning circle you see a set of two high-backed chairs their tall backs pushed against one another so their backs are against one another, they're facing in the opposite direction. 
They are upholstered with what looks like plush red velvet. They seem to be carved out of one large, solid piece of dark wood. Their base is smooth and curved. There's no legs, so it's hovering above the ground at the centre of this circle. It's held aloft by some sort of magic. Standing beside these two chairs, you see two tall, thin, male elves. One is leaning against the front of the chair facing you. The other is standing just to their left, their arms crossed his chest, crossed across his chest. They both regard the captain with wide grins across their perfect porcelain faces. Well, it's about damn time you showed Yes. We were just about to launch this bucket back into the astral sea without you. The captain lets out a sharp guffaw. You better watch what you say about my ship. And she rushes forward and embraces the two men in this huge hug that envelops the both of them. It's good to see you, boys. The captain turns around to you all. I would like to introduce you to some friends. Turning to you all, she gestures at the two elves. Um, my friends, these two annoyances are Carid and Alvar. My twin helm. And she kind of gestures and you are introduced to these two individuals. What are the group doing at this point? This has all come at you all of a sudden. This hum of magic all around these magic users. Lopan, you're oblivious to it. But you're now standing in what seems to be a control room of some sort. Um, I, I think Lopan would have been like, you know, he would have stopped near the doors as they all walked into this room. And he's kind of checking to see where the wires are. Or if there's people opening and closing these things, if there's a small set of like you know a, a stunt team of, of, of gnomes, like and that's how they open up and close the doors. But um, and he's just uh, like in awe of this kind of trying to work out what it is. And then when he sees the the the, the captain hug the twins, he kind of like wanders over and he goes, um, yeah, pleased to meet you. I'm uh, like uh, Lao Pan. Um, it's great to be here. And he kind of goes over and and hugs them both, thinking that that's what they do, because he's got he's like, and he's because he's kind of like looking around and taking all this in I was like what's with the chairs like like um starts wandering over and kind of just waving underneath them just like one because he's he's oblivious to magic you know and, and but he is he, he's trying to hide it but he's a total law like what's going on like as you wave your hand underneath the chair you take uh four points of shock damage I'm in shock. Ah, for the love of... Ah! You know, Silly rabbit. Silly rabbit tricks are for cat. <laughs> Ow. Z is absolutely checking out the two lads. <laughs> While also checking out the beautiful dome ceiling, she's kind of like taking sly glances at the two lads as she's kind of walking towards it, but really impressed by the... the whatever, is it a, like a navigation thing? Because you were saying they were moving on the dome. The... It does. It seems to be moving. You don't know really. There's no. Yeah. There's no kind of star chart. Right? It's just. It just looks like yeah. the night sky, but it's slowly swirling, and you can see. Yeah. And as you look, you do see like there's there's movement, and then you see the odd shooting star zip across it, mm. and it just but it just looks like a beautiful moving kind of ceiling painting of the night sky. Mm. Um. But you, there's no real and like I mean you can give me. 
I, I don't know what, the, what astrology is, but you can give me an arcana check to see if you recognize the constellations. Okay. Ah, boo. Why did I use the digital dice? I got an eight. An eight. You're kind of looking at you kind of You do recognize some of it, but you can't really pick it out of your memory. You're, you're kind of like, that star looks familiar. Not constellation looks familiar, but your names and kind of gone, yeah. configurations are just gone out of your mind. Hmm. I've been transfixed by this lovely pair of bells. I can't think. <laughs> Ray, what are you up to? I am going to make my way. Uh, uh, I'm not too worried about the elves. I like how Ming now was uh, hugging them. I'm going to walk towards them, monitoring the level of magical activity that I can sense as I walk towards them I, I kind of want to see if it's emanating from them even though I suspect it's not I suspect it's everywhere but I want to see if it goes when I get closer to them but I am going to I'm going to go up and introduce myself like Egon walking through the library at the start of Ghostbusters with his EKG yeah. meters like, yeah um, give me an arcana check okay let's do it I'm going to break the digital dice curse <coughs> You're no, right. she ain't. <laughs> what did you get? No, no, it's a seven with a plus three. So it's a seven. Yeah, I got an eight with a plus five. Like that was horrific. Oh yeah. Um, you, like again, you're getting bombarded with this arcane energy all around you. So you're you're kind of not unsure where it's coming from. There, there is definitely magic emanating throughout this entire room, and you can kind of guess that these two individuals are magic users. Of, um. And they, they just, they're grinning widely as if they take in the group and they see Lopan, and they see Grey and they're like, I, I have, we have, we have, like, I, 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 I don't, we, I try not to speak for my brother. Yes, you do all the time. I try not to speak for him. I have to sometimes, but, um, you are simply a delightful looking bunch. Love it. I love what you've done. He's Aww. kind of looking at Grey and he's like, this is fantastic with the fur and the ears and the, the oh, oh, tail i love oh, yeah. everything about it it is fantastic and i'm i'm mugging a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic oh darling it's beautiful uh, wouldn't you agree Kevin? yes i agree it's fantastic and and he's kind of looking at zilzara and looking at lopan who's like kind of i and as lopan puts his hand under the she's like i wouldn't do that. oh um yes a bit too late um yeah this I wouldn't, and he kind of puts his hand on the double chairs, like, this is a very intricate piece of machinery, um, I would recommend not touching it, breathing on it, going near it in any way, shape or form. And... Opan pipes up as he's like, you know, her, his, his hand's tiny, so that was a lot of damage to him, he's like, do you always take our guests to the bleeding torture room when you first invite him on a ship? Jesus! <laughs> I would recommend anything that's glowing or has any of these arcane sigils around. Do not wave your hand. Advise. Noted. I won't be doing that bleeding again. Jesus. A sign, uh, unless that's what that is. Jesus, make it more obviously. I have said to, I've totally kind of one of the brothers, one of the left kind of slaps the other brother across the shoulder. I told you we need to have more signs. We could have a sign that says do not touch. It's like, well, they don't generally let more more than two people in here at once. And at we point to Captain, like, right, okay, okay, right. Had your fun, you're fun. No pan, go. We have a medic on board. We'll we'll get you some. Bye. Um, 
down, somewhere down below. Is the doctor still on board? And she turns to Carabash. And he kind of just grumbles, he's like, and he points behind him, and vaguely. And he's like, good, 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 good. Um, well, I, I take it, you've, none of you, the captain is kind of addressing you all at this point, none of you have traveled on a spell jammer before, have you? No. So, um, this ship, while it has the capability of sailing like a regular ship, also can fly through the void, and she kind of points up at the ceiling. Um, this is the local constellation of your sphere, which is the realm you live on. And we can travel from sphere to sphere on this ship. And these two lovely individuals, and she gestures to the twins and they bow deeply, are the two who fly and guide us as we travel. They are essentially what steers us, makes us move, and so on and so forth. It's rare to see a ship like this with two helms and two spell jammers, but we find it unique in a way, and it allows us certain physical and magical attributes for the ship itself, having such interesting individuals as the brothers, I suppose. And every time she's trying to backhandedly make give them a kind of compliment, they're kind of just like, thank you, thank you, thank you. But, but how do you do it? Like, it, it looks like every single piece of wood on this vessel is covered in runes. So is the entire vessel charged and you guys direct it? Like, I, how, how, what magic do you use to do this? Um, the captain kind of just quietly just turns and smiles and just gives the nod to the twins and they bow deeply and they kind of like move back, move back, move back and the two of them kind of jostle all of you out of the kind of the circle section around the chair so you're now all up against the kind of the back well, the kind of the, the far walls kind of lining the kind of curved walls and it's like my dear brother after you no no I insist after you, you. well if you insist and the first twin hops into the chair and the second one follows and they kind of strap themselves in get themselves comfortable wiggle their bums in and then place their hands on the armrests and as they do that the armrests seem to curve into their bodies and form into you hear the uh, kind of a and again the magic users around like magic users in the group feel that home or at the base of your skull kind of pick up a bit as the chairs shape and mold into them and you see the arcane runes all kind of flash to life as this blue aura seems to glow beneath the chairs as it moves ever so slightly upwards. They float up beneath the home builds and you see the arcane runes on the walls around you start to thrum to life just gently. And then the ship shudders. Your feet kind of, you find you're catching yourself on your feet. Now you've been on the sea on uh, Captain uh, Captain Anchorfist's vessel for a while now, so your sea legs are well and truly broken in. So yeah. you're used to that, but the ship shudders to life in a way that doesn't belie a forward motion. You feel yourself mm. moving slightly upwards, lifting off, if you will, as your stomachs kind of lurch slightly, and the ship, like the outside view of Captain Anchorfist's crew as they watch the sand kind of get blown away on the beachhead as they're like buffeted by the wind as the silver spear 
gently rises into the air and you feel it lurch and move beneath your feet. The hum just starts to steadily emanate throughout the entire ship. As the captain turns to you, I was like, this is how we do it on the Silver Spear. And she kind of gestures towards the door. It's like, the twins will drive. And she kind of starts leaving the, leading the way out, uh, back out through the corridor and out onto the deck and asks, kind of gestures for you to follow her. Um, as you watch, the twins are lying back in their chairs. And the chairs of Mel are kind of, as they were, are one piece, but they're kind of back to back, their heads back, eyes closed. And you see now the energy emanate from the circle and out across like tendrils across the floor and along the wood, across all the arcane runes that slowly hum to life. And the corridors glow ever so slightly as you walk through it. Out into the mid-afternoon sun, the sun setting a wee bit more since you went in. You're standing on the deck and the crew are just seem to be just filled with energy as the ship completely tr comes to life and it starts to move skyward slowly turning in the air you feel it lurch but not too much it's controlled deftly very calculated and there's no kind of heavy movement that you're finding yourself rocking back at your feet you're, it's fully sturdy and steady as the ship slowly rotates and rises higher and higher and higher in the air picking up speed moving upwards sky around you darkens the air doesn't thin out in any way and as it moves up through the atmosphere through the sky up into the lower atmosphere of the sphere that you're on you start to notice something outside the ship as you look up you see a kind of what looks like it's like a barrier an invisible barrier that's just it's barely visible as the air kind of buffets off the edge of it as you're pushing up through the sky think of when a space shuttle is coming back into land and you see that kind of heat shield feel it's kind of that in reverse there's like air buffeting on a kind of a, a spherical shape around the ship and and as you look around it's kind of like what and you find yourself thinking we're able to breathe and you're moving higher and higher and higher and then all of a sudden you're up and you're looking down and you just see the landscape and the world below stretched out to the horizon as you float on the on the inner atmosphere up in the sky the ship all aglow as the silver spear just hangs there this is something you have never seen before and very few on your world have seen this and it is breathtaking you just see the the sun crested off in the horizon as it peeks up over the curve of the sphere and it just lights up and illuminates the entire landscape below. You see greens, blues, the sea, the ocean, the land, the, the kind of the, the roughness of the edge of the coast of Neverwinter as it streaks back down south towards Waterdeep. You can see just off in the distance dots, birds, just thousands of feet below you. As you take all of this in, it's breathtaking and it's it's frightening and awe-inspiring at the same time. What are the three of you doing at this point? I'm up against whatever this version of a porthole is going. Well, you're, you're up on the deck. You're actually up and you're out on the deck and you can see all around you. You can look down and see down below you. Yeah, she's... she's she, we're there. We're very excited about this. Well, uh, very excited. 
as we start going up and up, Lopan's kind of thinking, like, they must call it the void, but like, we call it the sky. Like, where are they from that they would call it the... And he starts looking up and he's like, hang on a second, we're going a bit too... No, slow down, like, we're going we're going too fast. Oh, oh, oh. And he just has a major freak out. And he goes like, we're going to... And he starts holding his breath. And his eyes start going wide as he's like, we're going way too far, what's going on? And then like, he's like on, on, on the ground on all fours, like just looking up going... And then he lets it all out when you describe that scene and just like, he's like, uh, uh, whoa. Tom was bleeding wrong, like. <laughs> it's not flat. Um... It's not flat. <laughs> Tomo would think that. Tomo would think that. He's got but a lot of the room. four elephants, like. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Lopan, you, you good? Give me about like, five minutes, and uh, have you got any wine on this plate? This thing. <sighs> I'm gonna hand him my water bottle. That's he starts me. drinking, drinking the water, and pauses for a second when he realizes it's not alcohol, and then he just, like you know, locks it back. <laughs> anything will do at this point, just to center himself. He's having a full major panic attack, like you know, taking all this in. <clears throat> yeah, all right, dude. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'll be fine. It's just like, um, it's, it's circle like. It's certainly breathtaking. Have you got yours back yet? I, in a minute, unless is this what the is this what the the large bell does? Is it? I heard that makes you bigger, but Jesus, be fine in a minute. Like, he starts calming himself down. <laughs> um, I'm gonna turn to Mingna and say. How many times have you done this? Like, this is amazing. I've never seen anything like it. And she, she's standing there, full Peter Pan pose, hands on hips, legs kind of shoulder width apart. And she's just looking at it all. She says, I've lost count, but it's beautiful every time. In every different sphere and realm, it's, it's always different and yet the same. But yeah, it's, it is beautiful. And Torillion is one of the more beautiful systems. Oh, uh, that's the name of your system, by the way. It's one of your spheres. It, it, it's, can, it's hard to explain. You kind of have to see it. So each sphere contains a realm. And this is realm space. Some people call it the Sea of Night or the Skyward Realms. But it's, we know it as the Torillion system. And... This is your world. And she kind of, as she gestures down, you're moving, you know, realize that the Silver Spear is moving away from your world and is aiming itself out towards the void. And you see the void spread out on one side of the ship and your planet below, uh, Toral, as it's called, um, just hanging there in the void, hanging there in space. And it's like a, a gleaming green and blue and brown globe. Um, it's just there are worlds, countless worlds in the void. Endless possibilities. And that's what we do. We travel amongst them. Taking jobs and work where we can find it. And living our lives on this ship. And now you're traveling with us. So you're saying we're going to be doing that again a lot of times 
Oh. Well, as many times as whatever lays ahead of us allows, I suppose. We we do have a destination in mind. Um, it's not necessarily a world like yours, but it is definitely more than likely something you've never seen before. Um, and you feel the ship pick up speed and your world starts to disappear and become a fist-sized dot on the horizon as the silver spear starts to move through the void, through the flustigen. And you feel it, not that you feel it, but you can feel the speed picking up, but you see the void stretch around the ship and it's just off. Like, think of a ship going to warp. That's what it is. As the stars start to stretch out to lines, there's beautiful colorations of purples and blues and all these different crazed, all colors of the rainbow, the stretching past as the void zips past you. But you can see, well, actually, do you see? Um, Everyone give me a perception. Chula Bula. Hey, Wayne, instead of getting us to do uh, perception checks, you can just sing, do you realize? And then we'll just sing along. Um, actually, Gray, you would see it. Um, but I want the other two. I want you to give me a Just as uh, well, I do. I did roll already. Uh, 12. Lopan, actually, you would see this as well. Zazara, yeah. So you all notice this. As, as the ship picks up speed, Karabash has a concerned look on his face as he stares off kind of into the into the distance and also the, the, the void around him, seeing these streaks of colour, light, uh, as the stars and worlds zip past as the ship picks up speed and goes to full travel speed. Um, he kind of leans over and whispers to the captain, who kind of looks at him concerned, and she kind of nods, and you see him disappear back into the, into the actual two-story structure, which is essentially the, the back of the ship. Um... And Captain kind of moves towards you. Well, we have some travel ahead of us. It shouldn't take too long, but um, due to certain circumstances, we will not be able to travel at our full capabilities just yet. Um, And she kind of looks around the crew, and they're milling about the the deck, all readying the ship. You you see them all working away, doing all sorts of different things. People, like crew members up the mast you see there's a crow's nest is up there they're all milling about even in the two-story structure at the top of it there's and this is the name of it on ships it's called monkey island it's the top of the the top of the bridge part of the bridge is where the game gets the name from um you see you see the crew milling about there and and, and some of them are are inserting what look like arcane crystals there's work being done on the ship they're doing all of this in travel and they're just going about their business uh, and some of them again are, are looking you up and down and giving you curt nods and stuff like that or like kind of just tip if any of them are wearing caps they're tipping the cap as they go about their day um, but most of them are giving you a wide berth because you're just with the captain and he's kind of guiding you around because um, I think we need to yes um, let's retire to my cabin need to discuss where we're going um, what our plans are and also, I need to discuss with you some alarming news, the Carabash. She kind of looks a bit, slight distracted, but kind of just gestures for you to follow her. And she walks around the side of the two-story structure, and there's another door on the left-hand side of it, at, on the edge of the building. And she kind of just, as she moves towards it, the door opens. 
by itself, and she moves in indoors, gesturing for the three of you to follow. I am um, scampering alongside, but I just kind of sidle up before before we get there. I'm like, so ma'am, how long will it take us to get to the place you gotta go to? Um, and as much as I don't want to miss a single second of it, I think I'm probably going to have to have a cat nap. Um, well, uh, it's going to take us about, I'd say, three days travel, easily. Oh. Um, we good. are bypassing a lot of the more civilized spheres and like even within your realm, um, there are places we could travel to, but I believe where we need to go to find out more about these afflictions, this this is the right place. Um, but about two to three days, depending on our speed, which Carabash shall inform me of shortly. She kind of you see that concerned look in her face once more um, as she kind of moves into what is essentially her captain's cabin. Um, is there anything else the group want to do before this happens? Is there anything you just want to do on the board of the ship? Anything you just want to do with each other? Nope. Take my water skin back from Lopan. <laughs> and as you're hearing it back, you hear him going, this thing can go faster. I, I, I take it it's not a case of you just hop on a horse and like go back. Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um... As you enter into the captain's cabin, it's 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 not lavishly furnished. There are some nice kind of like pieces of furniture here and there um, that seem to have been bolted down for safety um, to keep them in one spot as the ship moved. Um, there's no like intricate decoration. Uh, there's a couple of shelves with a lot of books on them, kind of stacked willy nilly. Hey, shady bitch. Huh? Okay, you shady bitch. <laughs> um. And like you do see, like uh, off- yeah, he's right there. <laughs> um, you do see one cabinet off to one side that is is basically floor to ceiling tall, and it's stuffed filled with what look like rolled up charts. And there is a table that has numerous star charts unfurled on it with paperweights on them to keep them unfurled. Um, and you do actually, as you walk past, you notice that some of the charts are actually moving of their own accord. Um. And uh, the the captain kind of stops at the table and runs her hands along the chart. She's like, oh, I see Carabash was using my quarters while I was away. And she kind of gestures and looks at the different charts, charts and just kind of shrugs. Uh, and then moves over to a desk where you see um, stacks of books and more charts unfurled as well. Um, and on the right-hand side of, the, of this particular desk, which is quite large and intricate, carved, beautifully carved with like floral decorations at the front and huge kind of facial carving of what looks like a tiefling um the horns kind of coming out and back into the the wood the front of the wooden desk and it's kind of surrounded by floral patterns and leaves that come out of like a relief and this is all carved into this beautiful large oak wood desk but on the right hand side of it then on the top you see a, a, a kind of a large lockbox chest that is locked and it has a kind of a locking mechanism front that has an arcane crystal in the center she kind of plonks herself down in the chair and starts rifling through a couple of drawers and pulling out charts. Um, she's like, um, do f- um, take a seat where you can find it. Um, yeah. There's a few uh, low pan. There should be some a small um, cushiony thing over here for you to sit on. And uh, yes, just find the chair and pull it up. And she kind of absentmindedly starts pulling out charts um, and starts kind of looking over them um, for about two or three minutes. Is there anything the group want to do at this point? You're in this room. Uh, I'm just 
uh, mooching around without trying to look too rude, but I am just encircling the room, looking at things that might be nice. Cool. Um, what you'd see is you're moving around the room. There are, there's no like photographs as such. There's one portrait that seems to be half covered off in a darkened corner off to one side. Um, it seems to have a half a drape over it. Um, and from what you can see underneath, you see like a, what looks like a part of a, somebody painted like a yellow dress of some sort. Um, with a hand that comes down, but you don't see much else of it. It's off to one corner of it, and it's covered with what looks like a, a decorative tarp. Uh, and then beside that, then there's more shelving with a couple of books and stuff. Uh, Lopan and Zara, you doing anything? I, I just want to kind of like, I'm just like looking at my hand as I'm sitting down on the cushion. It's like, uh, Captain Mingna, like you said, there was a doctor on this boat. Is he any good? Oh yeah, he's he's yes, he's fantastic. Um, he is brilliant. He he has patched me up more times than I can remember. Um, yes, uh, we we will we'll get you sorted. Don't you worry. Um, we, we, he'll have you patched up in no time at all whatsoever. Um, but it is it is as the twins recommended. Don't um don't touch anything that generally would give off any blue sparks or have any of the arcane symbols just i think lopan while you're on the ship maybe just 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 you know ends in ends in right no worries I, um I, I, i'll definitely do that i don't want to um get any more singed or hmm. cut or like cooked again um uh, it's at this point that carabash enters the room again kind of sticking his head in and then coming in fully uh to the room and closing the door behind him and he kind of strides over and kind of props himself against a side table that's off to the to the right-hand side of the captain as he kind of just leans against it and just gives the noise like, um, I, I told the twins, Captain, they've, um, they've slowed down to uh, two-thirds the speed. Um, I think that will be the recommended, um, recommended level, I think, given everything. Uh, and she kind of just kind of looks at him sideways and just nods. Um... So, as you are aware, as she leans forward on the desk, we had quite a hard time uh, contacting Karabash and the ship, telling them where we were. It turns out that there is a problem with spell jamming travel, as such as spell jamming uses magic or arcane abilities to move. The twins are connected through their magical abilities and therefore quite unique and allow them to control the ship using their magical powers. Any spellcaster can learn how to spell jam given enough time. So, there seems to be a problem with the use of any arcane abilities in the void. Um, Carabash, and she kind of looks... So I said there was, you said there was fractures, and he and he kind of nods. Yeah, yeah, it's Captain. It was um, it was fractures of sorts. Um, you see, and he kind of looks at the group and looks at the captain. We were traveling, um, kind of adjacent to this realm, and um, we came across a deserted vessel. And it was interesting because it looked like it had it looked like the void had folded in on it and crushed front half 
and we didn't get too close. We didn't want to risk it, but the twin sensed heavy, severe arcane damage to the entire vessel, particularly where the impact was. But that's the scary thing, is that the impact was into nothing. It was like space had folded around the ship, crushing the front half of it. And the signature, for what we could tell with the twins and the doctor, and a couple of the crew members gleaning from their own arcane studies, was that the spell signature was that of a spelljammer, that ship. Like, the actual helm had caused the breach. So, it's risky traveling like this at the moment because there's something making them do that and we don't know what it is. And the captain is kind of just sitting there kind of frowning and nodding along to this. other ships being affected um we've well that's the thing you see we've heard of other ships going missing and not being found but we don't know what's causing it we talk usual thing brigands the nagori uh, the nagoi and, and and you know all sorts of different there could have been plasmoid pirates um you know there's a there's a bunch rumor as it that in one of the one of the spheres there's a whole fleet of gnomish vampire pirates and they've been you know raiding so as far as we know it could be any one of those things or it could be this there's no real way of knowing but you see we found a fold like this again when we tried to find you lot and it was strange and it was just as that message got to me we were investigating this fold that we thought was another crashed ship but it wasn't it was just you and the captain and Karabash kind of looks at the captain you lot haven't traveled up here before is that right you haven't you don't know really the realms and you don't know the, the no. space lanes and stuff yeah. right i'm learning a lot of words today like that i didn't even know bloody existed now, right. that does happen a lot in fairness but like there are bigger words that i didn't know existed so like well and he kind of folds his arms and um you see void is not really it's not devoid of life as such there are creatures that live out here and travel through the Flosterjones just like we do, but they're living, breathing creatures. And we found this one fold that we thought was just a ship. It turns out it was one of these creatures, a large, um, basically it's a giant crab that lives in an asteroid. And it, it was trapped in this fold, half alive. And through that fractured kind of prism of energy we got your message and we were able to track it back and follow where it was so these things are becoming more frequent so we need to basically land somewhere safe and figure out what is going on wow uh 
Yeah, how do you decide what sphere is safe? How do you decide what's within range with the with the magic as it is? And the captain kind of nods and it's like, it's a very good point, but um, we we don't really know because we don't know what this is. So we are going to travel to. There is a place. It's um, it's kind of, it's where we go to relax and recuperate and. It's um, unique in a way. It's it is a city that l floats among the stars. Um, it is run by people such as ourselves. She kind of gives a smile. Um, that don't always come down on the right side of the law, as such. Um. It's I never made you for one of those. No offense, Lopen. Why? Why is it always me? People look at when that said, like you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean to call. Well, it's not like you're quiet about the shit that you get up to, Lopen. I know, but I'm rehabilitated, like you know. I do me time, and now I'm straight. Yeah, you're straight as a pin, Lopen. Right. I like I'm I'm trying I'm trying to do my best, like you know. I'm on like day eight nine, so it's all good. Like, you know? <laughs> day nine of Lopan's rehabilitation. Things are not going to plan. No. <laughs> Lopan just starts looking up, wondering where that noise is coming from. <laughs> he has wandered into the female's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I go up to the captain. I'm like, "Hey, captain, can I help the boys? Can I boost the boys? I have some abilities. I might be able to do something." Um, I mean, yeah, we can definitely maybe show you how to use the helm, of course, in time. But I think for now, we need a a steady, collective, seasoned hand flying the spear. As we... I think what Gray meant was, can and he help? Boost yeah. the signal to Maybe avoid any catastrophes. Uh, I was also going to suggest it if it would help, because you know we're both magic users, and yeah, we could potentially earn our keep a little bit on board. Yeah, the captain, the captain kind of stops and looks at Carabash. He's like, you know, that's not a bad idea. Um, Carabash kind of like, oh, if you think it'll help, Captain, and get us to where we need to go. Um, I, I, I mean. We can put we can put the safety precautions in place, and we have backup jammers. But if the, something happens to the twins, it's just like nothing's going to happen to the twins. The twins are the twins are they're pretty indestructible, actually. Um, I, I that's not a bad idea, actually. We Would you mind, awfully? I know I just offered help like immediately, but I'm kind of darting about on the deck. I'm kind of like. And I, I, I think I could be helpful, but I'm gonna need to have like a rest. Oh, oh, oh! Of course, of course, we all need a rest. Oh, it's been, it's been a long couple of days for sure. Um, we have accommodation. Uh, we can provide you with. It's, it's comfortable. Um, you, you can, the three of you can bunk in together if you wish. Um, you won't have to sleep with the rest of the crew. Um, they're a rowdy but fun bunch, and you'll get to know them. You will. Um, but if you, if you want to retire and and, and get some sleep, yes. Um, but. Where, where we're going is is um it's a port 
and it's a safe port for us and we will get answers hopefully to the situation we're dealing with and this new situation that seems to have come up um which is quite worrying um and it, it will affect more than just us if if space lanes are not safe for simply traveling true um actually traveling can cause damage which is baffling uh, I, I, and she kind of turns to Carabash. Can we arrange for accommodation to be set up? And he's like, it's, it's already taken, taken care of, Captain. Um, uh, I'll have one. I'll have, I'll have, I'll have one of the lads bring, bring them down if you want. Uh, she's like, hey, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Um, uh, is, is, is Owen here? Uh, uh, you wanna, you wanna send bright eyes? Oh, okay, yeah. He needs to learn the ropes. Right. Okay. I'll I'll send for him, and uh, he kind of nods and heads off and leaves leaves you the rest of you with the captain. Um. It where we're going. Its official name is Starfield City, um. But we just call it the Flotsam. It's it's a mishmash of um pirates, brigands, mercenaries, privateers. Really fun people, <laughs> um, and I trust me. It's it. You'll be right at home. It, it, I will. You'll be safe with the crew. Nobody's going to give you any hassle. Um, but you can handle yourself. So what am I worrying about? Um, and she seems. And uh, you've noticed since she came back on board her own ship, she has kind of let her guard down a bit more with you guys, and is very mm. much more relaxed. He seems a lot more happier. Much happier. Yeah, she seems more chill. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. much happier, more into herself, more less stressed, and and like the idea of whatever she has to deal with is very much it'll get sorted. Um, mm. about two minutes later, Carabash returns, and in tow, you see a young, freckle-faced, pale-skinned young lad with a typical gym lad look. You know, Treasure Island thing. He has like the coiffed hair with the the small rat's tail of a ponytail just about growing um like bumful face he is wearing the the kind of bespoke uniform but it's ill-fitting like as if he's borrowed somebody else's outfit um and it, the, the leather the leather waistcoat's hanging off him and his floppy shirt and the collars are a bit droopy and his maroon pants are very much tied around with a piece of rope to keep them on and tucked into boots that are definitely too big for him and he kind of is like Coming in bright-eyed behind Carabash. And Carabash like, All right, um, bright-eyes here will show you uh, where your cabin is. Um, if you need anything at all, come find me. Because, um, Captain, I think you need to rest. Like, I'll be fine. Like, Captain, I insist, as your first mate, you have to rest. But unless you want me to get the doctor up here and he'll sedate you in some way. And she kind of just waves him off and just sits back in her chair. Um, if you need any food, uh, refreshments, we can have them brought to the cabin. Um, just ask Bright Eyes. I mean, ask Owen um, here. And the young lad kind of comes up. Um, hello. Uh, I'm I'm Owen. Uh, I can show you this to, if you want to follow. Um, he's just wringing his hands. And he's kind of hunched over and he's looking really nervous. Um, like he's borderline. Like he hasn't had enough oranges scurvy is about to take him he is like he's like the, the epitome of the i'm only learning this shit now um of a sailor like he's very wet behind the ear um and 
he comes like you can't you can't into this way um and gestures back out the doorway that he came in we need to follow follow so i i really want to ask the boy to lay out my formal shorts but i didn't bring my formal shorts so i can't do that i'm just gonna follow him right um you go out and again it's like the, the void is all around you now and you can see that the speed has slowed slightly you're not going as fast as you once were so the the, the swirling and star lines have kind of stopped a bit and you you can, as you walk out onto the deck and around to the far side of the two-story kind of structure or bridge at the back of the ship um you just see this cascade of beautiful colors and swirls and star star shapes just swirling around the ship as you zip past it is it is one of the most unique things you've ever seen and you can't help but be in awe of it the crew are used to it and are just milling about the place as if it's a normal day at the office um own is kind of all hunched over or as carabash called them bright eyes he kind of nods he's like um you probably heard my, my name is owen owen uh owen brightes um, but the crew called me Bright Eyes. Um, it's the nickname they've given me. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, and he, he has this Richard Ayawadi kind of sensibility to him. Um, right. Just nervous <laughs> and twitchy. and It's just, hey, past Roy. Yeah, like, I am here to help you get to your cabin. <laughs> and, uh, and he kind of just starts gesturing. Now he's pale skin, like ratty hair, greasy, tied back in that. Not so much a ponytail, more of a rat's tail thing. And, and ill-fitting clothes so he's just kind of clomping along and he's like so um you guys saved the captain then that's the story on the deck so far oh really what else have you heard that that's pretty much what i've heard they don't really tell me much he saved the captain that's what i heard uh yeah we did i'm 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 kind of I've only been with the crew now about four weeks, and um, they took me on when my they were it was it's a complicated story, but needless to say I'd nowhere else to go, and they were really kind to me, and they just put me to work, and it's I'm fucking terrified, I've never seen any of this before, but it's it's interesting, um and and he kind of is just mumbling and meandering through the conversation as he kind of clomps along the deck, um. And he's like, I, I, I can understand if if you're amazed by all of this. I still am, and I'm still getting used to it. But I believe if I really try and knuckle down, I could I could get out of just being. I'm. They've just all they have me doing is cleaning the toilets. That's it. I'm just cleaning the toilets. I mean, it's not really a pirate's life at all. The song really didn't do it justice. And he kind of is stopped and is looking out at the void melancholy and is he's like oh um yeah your cabins are here and he's just leaning on the, the kind of the side of the the deck he's like yeah in through that door seemingly have lost interest at all of what he's doing i'm gonna sidle up beside him and go hey um, there's a lot of really awful stuff they left out of that song too i think if you're with uh a good crew and uh there's lots of stuff you don't have to do if you're cleaning the toilet that's all i'm saying 
Yeah, I, I can get that. I can get that completely. I, I understand that. I, I, I've seen everyone tells me that it's where you start. It's where you start and you work your way up from it. So I, um, I will get there. Yeah, well, if, if you're too effective, you're going to end up murdering folks. So be careful what you wish for. Oh. Okay, bye. Uh, mm. <laughs> and he kind of is shocked by it. Um, Lopan, or not Lopan, Gray, as you're talking to him, you do notice that in the folds of his now baggy short shirt you do see um what looks like a silver kind of chain and a medallion hanging in his in his kind of in in between his very gaunt man boobs um so but the, like that's what you because you were getting close to him you could see that but you do see the silver chain and this kind of recognize the pendant thing um give me a history check mm-hmm did you say insight or history? History, please. History. My history. Why do I keep... Oh, for fuck's sake. That's it. I'm not using these again. See, look... I'm not using these again. You know what it is today? You need to go to our sponsor, Dakota Irish, and get yourself some nice physical dice. I know. With our discount I have code. nice physical yeah, dice. Then roll that I've shit. Been, I've been very really? heartened by how many of their products are currently out of sale and, or out of stock. And I'd like to think it's because A, they're artisanal, bitch. And B, they've just had Comic-Con and I hope they absolutely sold everything. Oh, they did. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I will because this is a bust. That was a nat one, folks. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you just... I probably think it's, um, you know, uh, it's a St. Christopher medal or yeah, something. Yeah, you just see this clump of silver. Uh, or what seemingly it's a silver-esque type thing. It could be platinum for all you know. But it's it's an intricate looking medallion. You've no idea. Okay. Um, but he's just like, yeah, your, your, your happens are here. And he kind of gestures off to one side. Um, Lopan kind of go slaps him on the back and goes like, cheers for that, mate. And like, you know, look on the bright, uh, bright sorry, look on, uh, look to the future, man. Like, because things could be uh, way worse. Like, I used to know this guy called Toilet Seat. Now, uh, I could tell you how he got his name. But I'll save that shit for uh, uh, another time. No pun intended. And I'll just go off. <laughs> Dale ignores him. Uh, I think at this point he's thankful for being ignored. <laughs> 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 and it, it, like, and within a couple of minutes you hear his boots clump off into the distance as he kind of stops his moping and melancholying. Um, and you come into your cabin and it, it's it's again it's it's sparsely decorated but it's functional. It's got a couple of cots and one hammock. Um, so you can fight over who gets the hammock and you've got two cots. Um, there is a couple of, there's a table with a wash basin and a jug uh, and there's one little mirror that's bolted onto the side of the of the wall. Again, the arcane runes are here. They're they're obvious, but they're not, they're not overly pulsating or glowing, but they are definitely carved into the wood. Um, you are now left alone in your cabin, whatever you just want to do here. Bags in the cot. Yeah. Oh, you left. Are there a hammock even? Oh, you want the hammock? Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Oh, sorry, hang on, what? Sorry, I had said cock, but meant hammock, but it's fine, I'll take it off. No, no, I'm, I'm breezy, like, uh, like, just saying it was coming. Do you even need a whole hammock or a cot? <laughs> Technically, no, it's like a house. <laughs> but I'm not going to say no, like, if someone turned around and said, you know, low pound, do you want a house? I'm going to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, give that house. Hammocks, then, you know? In this climate, yeah, give that house. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna uh, curl up indiscriminately uh, and go to go sleep. Gray is just gone. Outskis, outskis. Um, 
Lopan will do the same considering how how uh, hurt he is. He's just going to go dive bomb onto it and just like. Well, <laughs> Z's going to meditate because she doesn't actually technically sleep. Cool. Um, sleep and meditation find you all easily because you are wreckedy wrecked. Wrecked. Um, Rickety wreck, sir. You are just out cold and it's just darkness envelops all of you. Zildara, you're obviously meditating and you. There's no, there's a trauma to the ship that this, this just seems to lull you into this deep meditation. You find mm. peace and it's it's very soothing and very nice. Gray, mm-hmm. sleep finds you easily as you curl up on your cot. Um, you close your eyes, the lids feel heavy, and you just drift off. And then you start to dream. You find yourself in a tavern. It's busy. There's music, not yours. You're just sitting in a corner. And you don't recognize the place. You don't recognize the tavern. You don't recognize the people around you. But then, two, two minutes later, Articus appears with two ales, bumps one down in front of you. And you are happy to see him. This is just unheard. Like, you, you haven't dreamt of Articus in a while in your travels. Your old companion hasn't really been in your thoughts of late. But you see his grey beard, his big broad smile, his head tucked into his chainmail quaff thing, as he kind of plumps himself down and sets his shield upon, his familiar shield, up onto the table. Slides an ale over to you. And he's like, whoa. (laughs) That was quite the adventure, my friend found yourself in the jungle found yourself fighting snake people found yourself traveling into the void and he takes a large swig of the ale and you're kind of just tentatively or doing whatever you want to do here at this point if you're drinking or if you're just looking at him what are you doing i'm yeah uh double pausing the the drink and uh i'm not like i'm dreaming so i'm not directing my behavior am i is it like lucid dreaming where i can affect what i'm doing can if you'd want to try see what you want to do like tell me what you want to do and see if it's viable okay i'm gonna treat this like it's lucid and i'm gonna try to just reach out and put a a paw on his shoulder just just for old time's sake i don't want to don't want to bring myself out of the dream but i'm gonna try and get close enough that i can feel his essence if it's there but i'm not gonna like put my hand through in case i wake myself up or something um you reach out with a paw and it finds shoulder and you hear the clink of his chainmail underneath his kind of armor and he kind of looks and he's like well um it's yeah that's and he just pats your paw, he's like, it's alright, it's alright, it's alright. Old Articus is here keeping an eye on you, Grey. I told you I would. And he takes another drink and sets it down. And he kind of holds your paw for a second. And then, in one swift motion, he pushes your paw onto the table and holds it in place. And leans in towards you. His eyes 
turning and flickering a bright gold. You're traveling in the void, Gray. You want to be careful there. Don't know what dangers you could find. A little kitty cat such as yourself. And he just pulls his hand away and you pull awake. Yeah, I wake up, yeah. Jolting up in your cot as you look around and you see Zilzara meditating on her cot. Lopan gently rocking in his hammock. And you're kind of... Roll me your perception check, please. Places you took me. There. Oh, she's back on her digital dice. 18. 18. Your kind of your, your your vision focuses and it's dark in the cabin and you can feel the hum of the ship underneath your bunk. And then you start to look around. As you uncurl on your bed, you look down at your lap. Sitting there, pristine, curved, a large peacock feather. You don't know where it came from. Oh, can I do... Okay, I'm awake now. Am I? Yes. And I'm yeah. holding an actual feather in my hand. Uh, I would like to... Uh, mm, mm. Uh, okay, can I um, roll investigation? You can, yeah. 19. 19. Okay. Um, the curse is lifted, she jinxed herself. So, you look at the peacock feather and it's it's physical. It looks, it's a real peacock feather. You run your fingers along it. There's no energies off it that you can feel. Um, there's nothing... There's nothing kind of mystical about it that you can sense at this point, but it's it's an actual physical peacock feather that's just sitting there on your lap. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna mooch a little closer to one of the guys. Okay. So I'm shooketh, as the kids might say. So I'm, yeah, if there's any, if there's, if there's a nip of something around, I'll take a nip of something and then I'm going to move just a little closer <laughs> to somebody. I presume Zill's not warm in any way. Um, Does she emit heat? Zill, do you emit heat? Do you have warm blood? Uh, yeah, they are warm blooded. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's the bigger. She's the bigger source of of uh, aliveness. <laughs> okay. Um, Barely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I am uh, shook, and I'm going to just. Uh, I'm going to just. Uh, I'm going to take my loot out, but like really muted. I'm literally just gonna gently pizzicato just some sort of 
constant to no progression to kind of zen myself a little bit but i i was horrible <coughs> so zil you're meditating Mate, you, all mad looking. You, you you you're meditating at this point are you yeah in any way kind of aware of your surroundings do you want to be aware of your surroundings do you want to do anything at this point um she's meditating and she's also wearing her uh, crystal so i don't know if that is affected by being on board this fear but she's trying to calm herself like she's very impressed by the uh the silver spear and all that but she is a little bit scared because she's never been you know up in the void before but also trying very hard not to let anybody see that her cam is slightly damaged um so she's trying to recenter herself um and use the the crystal uh which is tuned um to help with that as well okay so um let's see now zara so this is this is all happening at the same time okay so we're gonna do this yeah. at the same time it's happening with stuff with gray um with your kind of meditation are you meditating on anything in particular or are you just trying to calm yourself just trying to calm yourself um yeah just well trying to calm yourself uh and also i suppose expand your mind a little bit so that she'll be able to understand how everything works because she's fascinated by it and wants to learn okay give me an arcana check Balls. That was a 10. 10. So, Grey is curled up in a ball. He's dozed off to sleep. Lopan has eventually kind of gotten himself into his little hammock. You just see his, his him disappear. You just All you can see is the tops of his two feet on one end and his ears kind of flopped up and pointed out on the other end. So, like, just kind of curved into this hammock and you can hear a, a soft as he snores in the hammock. Um straight away you center yourself and again like gray the home of the ship helps you just lose yourself within your own thoughts your mind going blank focusing and then you're just left adrift you feel the void around you and you sense the energy of the ship as it moves through the void you at its center energy all around you but it's not in any way trying to attack you it's like it's it's like a cocoon that's enveloping enveloping you keeping you safe and keeping you warm and it is a nice feeling a feeling that you haven't had in a very very long time and it's you know it you can choose whether it's a scary feeling for you or whether this is something that you actually embrace um how what do you want to do in this moment um, I think Zill is going to embrace it. Okay. Um, you let yourself fall slightly into the warm embrace of the ship, and just off in the distance, kind of right of center of your mind, as you look into this beautiful cascade of colors, this kaleidoscope of colors around you, you see two minds linked off in the void a warm glow from them emanating out but they are contained and safe within um, give me a perception check with advantage please 
That'll be a 19. 19. Yeah. You're aware that these are the twins. Their minds, similar to yours in their elven nature, but different at the same time. Um, bright, sparking colours flashing off them like fireworks as synapses fire and their energies pulsate throughout the ship. And as you get closer to them, you see that, like a nervous system, like an internal nervous system stretching out from the two minds, reaching out veins and, and nerve endings, kind of rippling through the ship uh, as you then are more aware of it. Like you see these veins running past you and pulsating with energy, driving the ship on. And your mind is then aware of what looks like a, a, a kind of an outline of the ship made up of all these nerve endings and veins. And like you can see the bones of it all put together, bright lights pushing its way through the, the cascade of the void. You then become aware of the rest of the minds of the crew. And as you're stretching out, it's at that point that right next to you, you feel this flash of shock, surprise and emotional turmoil as Grey is jerked awake from his dream. And you can, if you wish, feel Grey snuggling closer to you, getting close for warmth. You can sense the frightened nature of him. What is Whatever has happened to Grey that has done this to him, you feel it at that level. You feel it at the kind of outstretched perceptive level. She's going to... um very slowly uh, just reach and, and pat his paw and just leave it there for a couple of seconds so that he knows he's all right. he's okay. Oh, I thought for sure I was getting shooed. No, no. <laughs> she, because she felt it. Like, if if you'd just been, like, tumbling over, but the fact that she felt it, she's like, oh, no, that, that, that hurt him. So, Lopan, is there anything you're doing or are you just sleeping? Um, it depends. Does my <laughs> paw hurt me at all during my sleep? Does your paw hurt you at all during your From getting zapped by the chair? No. Doesn't. That's okay then. I will not think I need to go to the doctor. So, um, Lopan will sleep and have a good sleep. Yeah, Lopan, you dream of, of gold, gold carrots, carrot juice, or cake you just wake up the next morning with a pang of hunger that you need to fulfill because you just dreamt of food all night long it's like you were swimming you were swimming through the void and the void was carrots on a ship made of carrots um you land in a sea of carrot juice it's just all carrots and it's just beautiful and there are are young rabbit maidens that are feeding you carrots uh, and just, you know, keeping you well fed and well looked after. And you wake and your hand no longer feels pain. And it no longer has any marks on it. And you're well rested. And everyone can mark a long rest on their character sheets. Also, yep. and we can deal with this at some point as well. Actually, you know, I'll talk about this later. Um, the three of you, uh, Gray, if there's nothing else you want to do, Zazar, if there's nothing else you want to do at this point? Mm-hmm. No. No? The three of you awake, refreshed, as it is, Grey, um, the next morning, or at least eight to nine hours later, morning doesn't really exist in the void, um, and you hear the clambering of the crew once more outside your, out on the deck, 
and shouting and like the usual oi um as the day begins we are going to take our break because we are in well into this episode at this stage after the break we are going to announce the winners of these fantastic uh double editions or omnibus editions of the drizzler word and it's the it's a recap of the not recap it's a it's a comic book adaptation of the first six books of the uh drizzler word series uh and we will announce the winner of this after the break our giveaway prize for this month from Dublin City Comics is the Mighty Nine Origins Caleb Widogast hardback uh, graphic novel written by Jody Hauser, Liam O'Brien, Matthew Mercer, uh, with art and letters and colours from uh, Selena Esperuto, uh, Diana Souza, and Ariana Marr. Um, this is a great book. I have this as well, actually. It's a fantastic... It's kind of like the origin story of the character of Caleb Willigast. Anyone that's a Critical Role fan will know who that is. Um, we we already gave away, a couple of months ago, we gave away the Jester Lever one. This mm-hmm. is the Caleb Willigast one. So we'll ask the question for this after the break. So, folks, we will see you in a min. Bye! <laughs> Oh, we are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. So, uh, the giveaway. Thanks to our sponsors, Dublin City Comics. Uh, fine, won't you people? Go check them out at dubliscitycomics.ie. So, these are two beautiful uh, Volume 1 and Volume 2 of the omnibus of the Drizzler Worden graphic novels, which are the retellings of the... So, yeah. So, this one is the retelling of the Legends of Drizzler Worden, and this one is the retelling of the... Crystal Shard, Streams of Silver, and the Halfling's Gem. So the Companions of the Hall, Champions of the Hall. Companions of the Hall is this one, and that's the Homeland series. So these are great comic books, and actually quite hard to get a hold of. So, uh, Jill, roll me a D10, please. Uh, okay. This. That is a four. Four. Greg Heron. Greg has actually won some stuff from us before. Greg, congratulations. Nice you one, Greg. Um, I'll be in touch. I think I still have your details from before, Greg. Well done. Um, I'll be in touch with you to get your address. And these will be winging their way to you uh, in the near future. Congratulations. Well done. Now, our giveaway for this month is a copy of the Mighty Nine Caleb graphic novel. Uh, all contained hardback graphic novel. Written by Jody Hauser, Liam Brown, and Matthew Mercer. Um, really, really good stuff, this. Um, now, I will say, uh, warning, this is a mature content comic book. So, if you are not of age, this is probably not going to be viable for yourself. So, be aware of that. There is content in this book that is for a mature audience. Um, Give it to me. <laughs> um, so, the, the question, very much like the, the, the Jester Lever one. What is the name of the player who plays Caleb Widogast? In the second season of Critical Role, second campaign of Critical Role, uh, Caleb Woodogast is the character. What is the name of the uh, player who plays Caleb Woodogast? Answers below in the comments. Share the video and tag Irish Podcast. So you have to share the video on social media, be it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Tag Irish Podcast so we know you've shared it. 
and then you will be in a chance to win that and we will get that out to you in the post um, if the post allows for it because we're still having problems with post at the moment getting stuff around the world and hope to have that rectified soon so without further ado we are going to jump straight back into it don't forget to check out our sponsors Dakota Irish and Dublin City Comics DakotaIrish.ie you can use the discount code down below there that will give you a discount at checkout upon all of your purchases. And also check out Dublin City Comics at DublinCityComics.ie or jump into them in Cable Street. They're a great bunch of folks. They've got everything from comic books to action figures, um, for a brand new secondhand plethora of stuff, a treasure trove of stuff. Uh, really, really great bunch of people. They go check both of our sponsors out. So, the group, the crew, you wake up the following nine hours later because you don't know if it's night or morning or night here. Um, and you are all well rested you are in your cabin are you staying where you are for a bit or what are you doing what are the group doing at this point what do you want to do I uh, get up I, I've uh, a little self-conscious being so close to Zill but I give her a uh, give her a little <laughs> and I uh, I just uh, blurt go look for some food and then I scamper off Yeah, very excited about this place. So uh, I'm being a bit rude. Mm-hmm. I think he has the right idea, though. I'm kind of hungry. Then, like, someone say food. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm up for that. Literally, I'm in a hammock. <laughs> oh, Jesus um, I'll, 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 I'll roll out a hammock <laughs> and, like, land on the ground and roll me a hammock. Um... <laughs> so. You, the three of you, the trio, make your way out onto the deck, and the, the crew is it's it's sparse. That the ship is in full sail, so like the crew are just doing everyday chores, cleaning the stuff up. But there's not as many of them on deck. And within a couple of minutes, you're directed, and you f- go down below into the bells of the ship, and you follow the, you know, follow your nose, and you find that the galley is open and it is cooking fresh meals for all of the crew involved. Um, you're served up. A plethora of different options you've got full vegetarian if you wish that um you've got a beautiful meat eaters platter that's available to you of dried meats cheeses um some very nice crusty breads all fresh food um you know it seems like that the the galley definitely keeps a, a well stocked kitchen um and it is nice it's all hearty good you know filling stuff it, like you know it's a filling breakfast that will do you till lunchtime even if you're going to be working non-stop up deck um, you see some familiar faces you see Von Breck and the maid kind of off in one corner by themselves kind of chatting um, pushedly over some food um, well Von Breck is eating anyway um, and they kind of look up and give you a wave and a nod a carabash is there any room beside them there is yeah there is some room beside them okay um uh, you see Karabash off to one side and he's talking kind of hushedly with uh, what looks like an elderly gentleman with slick back, tight, like side shaved head, slick back, uh, kind of over the top uh, hair, um, slightly pointed ears with, that are covered in earrings. He's got tattoos on one side of his face. He's wearing, uh, he's not wearing the kind of the leather armor. He is wearing the kind of the, the high collared shirt, but it, this one is of a bluish hue. And he's wearing the maroon pants as he's sitting there with just looks like a mug of steaming liquid in front of him. Uh, and he's kind of nodding along to Carabash. Carabash is talking. And Carabash looks up and nods and sees you and waves uh, as you enter into the kind of the kitchen area. 
um, the galley area. Uh, the, the the gentleman turns around uh, to see you, and you can see that he's got a, a kind of full, kind of grey mustachioed, curled mustache, and a little pointed beard, uh, sharp cheekbones, um, very bright grey eyes, and a kind of tufted-looking eyebrows. And he has an elvish demeanor, but kind of like mixed. Um, kind of you, you think it's human so he's kind of like a half elf and he kind of just gently raises his mug you don't know who it is but he kind of raises his mug and gives you a little salute with it and then just turns and goes back to talking with Karabash um, and then the crew were just milling about the place you see bright eyes again off by off by the corner and there's a couple of other young crewmen that are kind of chatting and he's sitting there with them and he's just looking nervous uh, and one or two of them are turning to him every now and again and slapping him on the back and having a laugh and it seems like a, a joyous uh, group there's no real snideness about it they are seem to be seemingly including him in it, everything even though he's reluctantly taking part um, so that's pretty much what you see in front of you as a galley is. I'm going to go up and um, get myself a nice um, meat platter um and make my way over to the maiden von Breck and have a sit down and chat with them. Um, von Breck gives you another. All right, how's it going? You're stinking then. You're in the void. Pretty spectacular, actually, isn't it? It's my first time. Was I was a bit of an eye opener, but yeah. What are you think? It's in- it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Oh, is this just a this is just a travel part? You know, you've. Honestly, we're going we're going to the flotsam. You're gonna see a lot of different things. It's fun, it's interesting, it's 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 definitely a melting pot of a bit of everything you'd find out here in the and it's and he's kind of he's looking very kind of inspired by the whole thing and the maid is just sitting there rolling her eyes. <laughs> Um, as he kind of just like seems to gesture at, at nothing um, okay then so um, do you think we'll uh, find somebody to help us with these um, markings then he kind of snaps out of it he's like, oh um, I, uh, I I have no doubt I think I could, I could probably guess who we're going to see actually um, the, the captain oh, any hints well, um, they're called the brothers. Um, the oh, great, more brothers. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> not really brothers, though. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, but it's what they're called, really, in the in the in in the kind of circles they move in. But um, they're kind of information brokers, tinkerers of sorts. They've got a bit of magic to them. But they kind of know a bit of everything about everything. Or if they don't know it, they know somebody who does. So, okay. they could... Pro- I'm, I'm guessing, because they, they're set up in the flotsam. And if memory serves me, um, they definitely owe the captain a favour or two. So, my, my money would be on them. And what do you hope to get out of this trip well i'm just happy to be out of out of the neverwit was kind of getting a bit boring for me and i really wanted to get out and stretch my legs again you know when you get that wanderlust it's 
it kind of niggles at me every now and again, every couple of hundred years. And it's been a while since I've been in the void, so here we are. You know, and I told her I'd bring Maid with me as well. Because she hasn't really seen much of the world. Young thing that she is. I'm going to turn to her and, and say, and what about you? What do you want? Never mind him. <clears throat> and she kind of meekly, well, kind of meekly at this stage, because she has gotten comfortable around the, the three of you. Well, um, I'm interested in seeing what all of this brings, really. And Ombrek here thinks I'm fresh to the world as it is, but I've seen my share of situations. And this is definitely one of the more interesting ones. Um... Who knows? And like, kind of like, if she looks sideways at Von Breck, he wishes to maybe find a cure for my ailment, but up until this point, I think it's served me rather well now that I've gotten you. And he kind of, he kind of like, <laughs> harumps a bit. It's like, well, <clears throat> coughs a bit on his coffee that he's drinking. We shall see. My dear, we shall see. And again, she just rolls her eyes like that indignant teenager look um, on her ever young face. Well, surely it's her choice if she wants to be cured or not. Oh, <coughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Of course, of course, it's, it is. It is her choice, but um, it's, it's definitely something that we have to keep in check, if you know what I mean. It's dangerous. We don't want it's overflowing with anger and rage. And, you know, if she looks at somebody the wrong way and decides to rip the trout out, it's it's going to be on us, really. So I'm, I'm really hoping that we can learn to curb our feral instincts, if you know what I mean. I get you. So, um... Until then, I suppose it's really just life on board, really. You have anything planned for the next day or two? I kind of just want to explore this ship if I can. I'm, I'm fascinated. It's a beauty, isn't she? Yeah, um, Spear now, it's been, it's been run by Ming uh, for quite some time now. It, um, I, I, you don't know the history of it, do you? You haven't been told. Did she tell you how Not she... yet. Well, it's not... I mean, it's common knowledge, but, you know, the crew would be aware of it, but if you don't know, um, she procured it from her father. Um, hey. A wily old space traveller he was. Or is. I don't really know if he's still alive. But, um... Yeah, she wanted to get out on her own and prove her worth and prove it she did. And her father was is quite the quite a formidable individual. And uh she had to impress him something mighty in order to inherit this ship. And um you just hear behind you <coughs> a large <coughs> cough, a forced cough. And you kind of, if you look 
I see kind of Von Breck look up, but he kind of slightly drains of colour as Carabash is kind of just looking over and coughing in his general direction after overhearing the conversation. He's just kind of like sipping on a mug and looking directly at Von Breck, who just like stifles. <clears throat> yeah, well, um, I mean, that's a tale really for another day, I suppose. Um, yeah. Bye. I'm sure Ming Na will tell me herself. Sure, I I think um I think I bet I'm finished. I him I'm finished here. I think I better be going. Um, good good luck to you on the rest of your afternoon, morning, or whatever time of day it may be. Um, I have affairs to look into. Yes. Um, are you coming, dear? Or will, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm going. And he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> I'm scampering back to the to the squad. I've finished my uh, loop. Did you go around the Did you go around the ship? Yeah. Okay. Did you want to investigate anything in particular while you did your loop? No, I was doing a scurry. Okay. Scurry. Did you Did you want to go into 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 in depth into anything you might have seen, or do you want to like no? Okay. All good. Um, I'm the cat of the world. Sorry. And so, oh, so Gray arrives back just as Von Breck is leaving. Well, Wayne, um, Lopat, when he gets his his food, um, he's gonna half me, half veg. He'll look round and he'll see where um, where Zildara goes, and he'll look and look over where Owen is, and he'll wander off to Owen. Okay. Over to Owen. I want to ask him a few things. Okay. Um. So you saunter up and kind of prop yourself up on the table, hop up onto a, a chair that kind of gives you an eye level with Owen, who is again sitting on the end of a <clears throat> of a long table of other crewmates who are kind of conversing between each other. And a couple of them noticed you prop up and uh, a few of them raised their tankards and I was like, yeah, morning. Um, and you, you look over and there's this gnome who kind of is looking, he's kind of at eye level with you as they're propped up on another stool. Well, hello there. Um, oh. You're one of the new crew members or new groups that have come on board, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't think of us like crew members, but like I suppose, yeah, we might be, yeah. Oh, we we haven't really. I mean, the captain brought you on board, and we figured you were part of the crew now. But if you're how oh, you are, that's fantastic. And he kind of starts gibbering and chattering, kind of in, in, incessantly under his breath, but also speaking very fast at the same time. Uh, uh, we, 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 we haven't taken on new crew members since since you're alone here. Ha <laughs> ha, bright eyes himself here. I'd come over and like, yeah. I met him last night. He was like really nice. So I thought I'd like, you know, better to quit it, get it out of the way, so to speak, like, you know, and start talking to you all. You know, don't want to be rude to me first day. Oh, you that's, know? That's, that's, a, that's a fine, fine idea. See, you've made a friend, young boy. You've made a friend, you've made a friend. Fantastic, fantastic work. Well done, well done, well done. Uh, um, he... uh, my, my name's Lopan. What's yours? Yeah. Target, target amber hands, and he kind of, kind of, uh, as he gestures with his hands, he holds up, and you see that his his hands are are kind of tattooed, uh, heavily tattooed in what look like uh, orange and gold script all along his hands, um, that kind of read in arcane writing and look like they have like little diagrams and schematics just tattooed up along that go along down his wrists and kind of seem to vanish down the sides of his arms like veins as they dis- dissipate off. But it's like there's cogs and wheels and different gears all tattooed across his, the tops of his hands and the palms of his hands, all kind of with a, an orange and, and gold ink seems to have kind of just run up, dissipate up his arm. It's like I am, uh, I am one of the ship's many um, 
Well, I'm an artificer, really. I don't, I'm not so much a mechanic. I help with the arcade energies and contraptions and cogs and wheels and all of the, and he kind of starts rubbing the, the wood along the side. And you see the, he's rubbing the room. It's like, this is some of my work here. As you can see in his little stubby fingers are just kind of gently caressing the arcane runes embedded in the wood um, as he kind of displays them proudly towards you. Hang on, are you saying you're the reason why if any if anyone like touches those chairs, they get a shock? At the chair? You mean the helm? Did you, did you, what, did you get a shock off the, oh, ah, you, yes, um, no, and he kind of just takes a swig of his drink. He's like, yes, no, that wasn't my fault. And just kind of moves oh, off. That's all right. I was just going to say, uh, it might be like a good advice to, to put a warning sign there. So like, you know, someone doesn't get a nasty shock, you know, like, thankfully, like my, 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 you know, I was grounded. I think that's just so to speak, you know, so it was Ari. It's, it's generally considered um, quite safe not to touch anything that has an arcane glow anyway. It's kind of common sense, really. Well, um, like, when one, one of those elves was, like, leaning up against the thing, so you kind of reckon that, like, if he's able to lean up against it, it should be all right to kind of, like, wave your hand underneath it, like. But, oh, but lesson learned, like, you know, I won't be doing that again. Because of me, there's a sign. <laughs> there is now. Um... Yes, uh, 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 and uh, Owen is kind of just sitting there watching all of this unfold, and uh, as 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 Targan kind of gives you the rundown of his, of his abilities and shows off his work uh, engraved in the wood. I, I will say it's it's lovely, lovely work. Like um, so like is that like a ship that well I've I've been on one or like you know I won't toot me on horn, but like I've been on a flying ship before, like you know, but uh, like. This is, like, amazing, like, I just said earlier that it was small, but, like, you know, it was just taking the mick, you know? But, like, like so is this why it's able to do what it does because of these, like, symbols, like? Well, partially, partially. It's, it's, it's part of it, and we, 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 we kind of... There's myself and a, another team, a team of individuals, and he kind of gestures to other crew members along the table. Um, we, 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 we work. Raise my point and and some of them give you a nod, others are in deep in conversation, and kind of, they seem to be arguing over small schematics that they have laid out in front of them. Um, it's part of an, an overall group of people. We are a team. And we have put this all together um, and can maintain the ship. It wasn't ourselves who built it. We didn't build it. This ship is older than most of the crew. Um, we are very lucky to be inheriting the, the, the work that's involved in keeping it and maintaining it and keeping it in the sky, in the void. Um, and it is quite a treat. Quite a treat. And he seems just overjoyed and happy to be speaking about this with somebody who is who has an interest who isn't one of his fellow artificers or crew members i i'm like uh, i i i just like to always know certain things when i you know i'm in a situation like like when i was on the the flying ship like uh we were given like um uh we were given these para hooks so if we fell off the side a hook would shoot out and like you know kind of like knock into the wood stopping us from falling to our doom but, like, I don't see any of you guys doing that at all. So, like, what's stopping you from falling over when you do a, a turn to the left or the right? Well, actually, it's, it's quite ingenious. All spell jamming ships have these gravity wells that extend from out of outside the circumference. Think of it as a, a giant bubble of gravity and air. So we are breathing the air. We have at least Oi. we have at least five days worth of air in our bubble that we have, and he's kind of gesturing with his hands wildly as he says this. 
And then in, within that bubble as well, we have a gravity well, which maintains you and keeps you on the ship. If you were to, say, fall uh, or be pulled skyward in the direction upwards towards maybe the top masts or something, it the gravity would still kick in. It's only when you're outside of the gravity well that you would float off into the void. And by then you just freeze to death anyway in a couple of seconds. So it's, well... Depending. It's situational. I once knew a tiefling that survived five days in the void from sucking arcane pockets. And it was interesting, very interesting study. But they turned bright blue afterwards. They were initially pink, but they became blue. It's a very, yeah. Just stay on the ship. That's my recommendation. Don't go oh, wandering. Really and he's going to take notes just to remember the important stuff in his little journal he's got. There are, there are things. You know, like that, that, like, yeah, right. So, just stay on the ship is pretty much it. Well, I mean, um, if you wish to travel outside in the void, we do have contraptions that allow you to travel that way. They're called gadabouts. There are organic creatures that are very friendly, and they infuse, infuse you with a breathable bubble, and then give you these beautiful, beautiful, intricate wings that allow you to float and fly in the void. And he's kind of up on his chair now at this point, excited and, you know, really interested in talking to you about this. And just, he's getting more and more flamboyant when he's giving these descriptions. Are uh, you saying, like, I can get wings and fly just by going up to one of these gadabout things and asking? Well, they, no, they're, they're, it's, they're, it's a symbiotic relationship between yourself and the gadabout. So we have them, they're stored. They're, they're well-kept by crew members down in, uh, in, the, in, in, in the, I think it's three levels down. There's an artificer team that look after these, as well as a biologist, because they are living creatures. Um, it's at this point that Owen seems to be now taking this moment to get up and move away from the group, because everyone's engaged in conversation and nobody's talking to him. And he's just finishing his breakfast and he's now going to get up and leave. Oh, I actually came over to talk to him, but I'm doing gross in this. Yeah. So it's like... I, I didn't understand that last word, but I'm suppo I, I reckon it's just a matter of, like, you know, giving him a couple of gold, like... You know, I'll get you in, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and and the, the crew, the rest of the crew, then, like, there's a whistle that blows. After about 10 minutes of this conversation, a whistle goes off and the crew kind of start hurrying and like it's like their shift is, their breakfast shift is over and start readying themselves to go up on deck. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll run, run back to the group and like, you know, all like kind of, five-year-old kid just finding out like that Santi's arrived I'll be like <laughs> like, like that you know uh, uh, apparently like you know there's this thing and you go up to it and you you, you make a deal or like a symbiote to it and it gives you wings like, like what? I don't know how much gold it's gonna what? be I'm definitely getting one you sound like a crazy person what are you talking about no 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 they they told me a, 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 a gat about you make a, a symbiote deal or something it gives you wings like you can fly. Okay. Lopan, is this a Tomo thing? Oh, hang on. They, and he kind of thinks like, were they taking the mick? Hey, uh, well, there's things, oh, if there's like, things like that around, we'll see them. Right? Did you say it flies? Um, like, apparently, yeah, really? well, I, I kind of zoned off for a bit, but like, um, that's the gist of it, I think, anyway, like. Um, Sounds exciting. I still don't, I still don't understand how we fly. I don't know how many spheres there are. I don't think I'll ever know. Apparently, uh, we try to get a tour. 
Yeah. Your man, uh, he, he, th that table, they, they, they apparently like designed some of the stuff. Like, and he points to one of the the symbols. Like, it's those symbols that kind of like help the ship fly. And like, then there's this like bubble that stops us from not breathing. But if you kind of like jump off the ship, you'll freeze. Unless oh, you find pockets, okay. and then you'll just change a different color. I mean, that's what he said. Like, I think. Ah, so it makes sense because one time Tomo told me that like he found this wall and he licked it and he turned blue. So I'm like, you know, it makes a bit of sense, like you know. Hey, you Zil, never get you... off the boat, John. <laughs> Zil, do you think that guy would know what your markings mean or Mingnas? I mean, I presume if if he knew all arcane symbols, she would have gone there first, maybe. He, he Absolutely, I think we. I think we need to go to this flotsam place. If we're gonna find anything out out on uh, on these symbols, okay. Has the has the galley kind of cleared out now, Wayne? Is it just ourselves left? It's, Is the maid it's, still there? Yeah, no. The maid kind of eventually got up and headed off with with uh, followed up on Breck. But after a, after the crew start to move out, Carabash starts to make his way over to you folks, and he's like, "Well, um, you had initially said you wanted to try and help." The twins in some way, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, if I can. Well, I suppose there's no time like the present. We're two days out, um, two and a half days out from the flotsam. So I suppose if we're going to try and speed things up and do it safely, it's best to try it now. Um, while we're in a particular pocket of space that is well traversed. Um, and he kind of kind of gestures kind of not so much obvious but he comes like mm, and just grunts and moves starts moving on towards the the deck that starts to go back up towards the deck um and kind of gestures for you to follow do yeah. we i'm gonna ask the other two do we want to get do we want to get a better lay of this land ship um, before we go help him, or should we just straight? I've been around it. I, uh, I've been around. What do you think? I think it's amazing, but, uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can give myself some work on here. I feel like I owe these folks. Um, Carabash is kind of up on the deck as you kind of. I think these are all going up, are you? Yeah. 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 So as you all make your way back up, and the, you see the chef, who's this large kind of creature that you've seen for the first time now, as he came out from the back behind the, 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 the galley about the kitchen, and you've never seen anything like this before. Before you is essentially a giant hippo man. Um. Yeah. Uh, a, 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 a full muscled body that has like a, a ship's a cook's apron across it um, a small cap that's kind of pinning pinned to, the, to his ears but there's no hair his small ears kind of flapping his large bulbous kind of face of a hippo <coughs> excuse me um, his massive hands are kind of cleaning up plates as he looks up as the three of you start to depart and he kind of gives you all a gruff nod this is what's essentially called a griff. This is a race that is synonymous with spell jamming and the void and traveling through the, the Flostajon. They're not, you know, they're not really native to any planet that you're used to. 
um, mm-hmm. you've never seen him, and this is the first time you're seeing one of these things. He is huge, broad, stocky, like not fat. Do we know what hippos are. You don't know, really know. Like this is very weird looking creature that you've yeah. never seen before, and it's kind of takes you all aback. Towering yeah. over Lopan, like you're talking an easily six and a half to near seven feet tall, and this galley is built around him. Um, but he carries himself very well, and he has blades on him, and he looks like he could do do well in a fight. This you just catch this as he kind of moves in and out of the kitchen, back in and out, really not paying you much attention, but gives you a gruff nod as you head back up to the deck. Um. As you get up on deck, the crew are milling about. The crew that were down below are all milling about and moving around. And you can see that uh, Lopan, you look across and you see the gnome artificer that you're talking to is off with a small group of other crew members. And they're looking at, they have kind of diagrams out on, uh, spread out on the deck and weighted down um, as they're kind of looking at kind of sections of the deck. And they seem to be pairing off as if to clean it up or repair it in some way. Um, Karabash is talking to still talking to the grey haired individual with the pointed ears and the slick hair and the little kind of curly moustache and a beard um, as you kind of come up onto the deck he turns and sees you and just kind of claps this individual on the back and just kind of waves him off and you see him turn and walk up to the far towards the stem of the boat to the front of the boat um, he heads towards that um, kind of looking at the work that's happening around him but Kind of keeping an eye on the crew. Carabash turns to, to the tree. He was like, well, I mean, uh, do you just want to go now or do you just want to wait? Uh, uh, now? Yeah. I'll go now. I mean, what else are you going to be doing, I suppose? Um, yeah, whichever is e- e- easier on you. If I, um, yeah, go on. Carabash, like, who was that guy that you were chatting to that gave us the nod earlier? Like, he seemed to have known us, like, Oh, that's um, that's Merrick. That's the ship's cleric or doctor of sawbones and stuff. If I was to give you a visual of Carabash, he'd be like a half orcish version of Peter Serfinowitz. Oh, um, I love it. I love it. That's kind of what he looks yeah, like. He's kind of got that. Kind of Amazing. Dwayne, Dwayne Benzie. Um, <laughs> so he's like he's he's very nonplussed about a lot of things. Um, he's like he's um he's our sawbones. He just looks after the crew, keeps us all in good spirits to a degree. Very good on the loot, actually. And uh, absentmindedly says this as he kind of starts to lead the way back towards the back of the ship. Um, as the double doors open in front of you and you make your way through the familiar corridor and into the helm room, uh, where the twins are sitting, plugged into. The twin helm that they have of the silver spear the arcane energy crackling um, again you feel that home with the base of your skull and um, the spellcasters do anyway the base of your skull as the energy just fills the room and it's pulsing now as the ship is in full flight and has been solidly for the last day um, the twins nonplussed eyes closed kind of sitting back in these tall chairs um, linked together and again Zilzara from your meditation last night you remember reaching out and seeing these two pretty much conjoined lines that were driving this vessel and you could sense the energy and and even now as you feel it you can you can just visualize looking at the ground where those you remember that kind of nervous system that reaches out into the ship driving it forward uh, and they don't seem to be tired in any way they're pushing on through the through the night um and 
they are in full swing. Now, obviously, the ship isn't in full tilt. Uh, as you're aware, it's been d- dialed back to two-thirds full power to avoid any danger. So, what do you two... Like, as Karabash comes, he's like, I'll be honest, I am not in any way. Spellcaster, I hit things. I protect the crew. I protect the captain with my fists and with my blades. So, as the spellcasters here... And if there's anything you can think can help, feel free. And he kind of takes a step back, the back of the room, well out of range of anything that might happen in the vicinity of you lot. Um, mm. Lopan, you're standing there as the two spellcasters are doing their thing or about to do their thing. I sense the, well, he's backing away as if something's going to happen. It just occurs to me that if I just got an electric shock by touching stuff, that if people mess with him, it could be worse. And they might not get affected considering they're spellcasted. So, yeah, Lopan kind of goes, I'm like, I'll just be uh, back here and, like, you know, uh, keep an eye on the place while you're doing your thing. <laughs> and, and just uh, <laughs> move back as far as I can. Okay. So, um, so here's how we might do this here now, because you're going to try and help these two spell jammers driving yeah. to actually boost the ship in some way that would keep yeah. it safe so I'm trying to think what's the best spell or thing to do I have got hey Zil I got an idea yeah you were gonna maybe I would work on one guy and you would work on the other maybe <laughs> wait <laughs> double team yeah uh... you people <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, I can't help it, Captain. Body talk doesn't suit my character at all. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, I was thinking of maybe doing. Uh, I've got I've got a spell where I can enhance ability, or I could nice. just or I could just do a little song. But I don't know. I don't know. What were you thinking? I my training is more of a destructive type rather than an enhancement type. Yeah, I'm a- um I I'm 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 wary of like I could I could blast a ray of frost, but I don't wanna damage anybody. I don't think that it will yeah. how to apply my rather nefarious skills in the well, best maybe, way. <laughs> maybe you could join in on my song, you know? Really? Yeah. As as the two of you are discussing this, you hear from one of the twins on the chair, you know, really, if you just want to help us with arcane abilities, you could s- simply just hold our hand and he reaches out you see this kind of oh. slim long-fingered hand just reach out towards you we can channel together if you wish um mainly it just takes up your arcane abilities to drive the ships and he still has his eyes closed fully focused one hand still resting on the left hand side uh rest uh, of the chair uh, but you notice that there are tendrils of energy arcing up and connecting with his arm as it's reached out and uh, not damaging in any way but it's just like it's like there's long wispy tendrils that are just kind of mm. moving from where the chair is up into his body and along his arm 
and uh, like giving it a soft bluish glow. Um, um, both of you give me an arcana check. Okay. Oh, she's not gonna come on now. Oh, for fuck's sake. Ah, 24. Nice. Ooh, that makes up for me. I got nine. Okay. So, Zara, you kind of. I got us, baby. Yeah. You're you're kind of standing there, and you kind of hold on. To, you find yourself instinctively just holding on to your crystal for a second, as you see this hand reach out and these blue tendrils. And again, you go back to your meditation from the night before, and you realize the warmth and the safety of the ship, how enveloping it is. And you just know instinctively as you hold the crystal, you feel it pulse, and your hand just another <clears throat> hand reaches out, and comes close to contact with the elves and you can see this tendril start to kind of move from him and envelop themselves around you and instinctively you know that this is not a bad thing and you realize with that particular role exactly 24 is like um you know exactly what you need to do what this is going to do what spell jamming does if you are a spell jammer and you're flying a helm it uses your spell slots. That's what it does. Right. So you expend your spell slots for the day flying the ship. Okay. So helping these uh, jammers is basically going to expend spell slots. You're not going to need to okay. fire a ray of frost into them or anything like that. Or, okay. you know, so it's what it's going to do is it's just going to use up your spell slots. But I'm going to put a bit of a twist on this because the whole point of this is for you trying to get the ship through the void safely without any mishaps yes. so i'm going to get you to do two things here you are going to use your spell slots and yep. both of you have so you have full your grant so you've got so your spell slots so zazara you've got um four first level three third level so two seconds so you've got eight all together um and ray you have same you want me to count them? I can, also, I can also spend sorcery no, you, points. You've got, no, this is, uh, you've actually got nine. Uh, I have, no, yeah, four and three and two. I can no, add. Zara, you've actually got nine as well. So you've got nine spell slots each. Um, so, what I want you to do here, I want... Since Zilzara is the full sorceress, Zilzara, I want you to roll Arcana. And then, uh, Grey, I want you to roll Survival. Oh no, poor Gray. That was uh, six, 16 plus 5, so 21. 21 for me too! Nice. Oh, so, yeah. So you, the, the two twins both reach out a hand to each of you, and you slowly but surely take the hand, and you feel the tendrils move up along your arms, and your vision suddenly goes tunnel. For a second it's like you're getting pulled in and then it expands outwards and you can see in all directions 360 degrees as if you're just floating above the ship it's like that it's not so much fisheye but you can rotate your head 360 degrees and you see the entirety of the ship and the world around you and you can see the void zipping past and you feel your essence reaching out ever so slightly, not fully because they are in control and you're just like piggybacking on them. But you can start to sense the ship. It's intricate, intricate underlying arcane energy 
feel the very wood of the deck. As what? You, hey, um, <laughs> and it's it's exhilarating. You've never felt the sensation before. It's like it's like your consciousness has just been expanded immensely, and you're not even at the full tilt here. You're not in full control, but you're because as I said, piggybacking with that survival check. As soon as you do this, there's an instant boost of speed. And as you're looking out, both of you looking out at the deck of the, you see the crew actually go whoa as the as the ship just takes off, full warp factor seven like hits in, and you just like whoom, and you just see those streaks as the ship picks up speed. Uh, Lopan, you're standing beside Carabash, and you just see Carabash is just like, oh, and it, it, like it's about as impressed as he gets. And you see the Lopan. What you see is that the, the, the oh, uh, Zilzara and Gray, the tendrils from the twins, have in, in, wrapped themselves around their arm, and as a bright blue glow has moved up their body, and they seem to be intertwined. Um, and the readouts around them, on like say the, the runes on the walls, just start to glow like kind of in unison. They all start to hum and glow, and it gets even brighter in the room. The star map above in the dome ceiling just starts to tilt and move ever so quickly. And this then starts to speed up and speed up. And you see streaks of light and streaks of kind of starscapes that twist and turn and vortexes that are there one second and gone the next. And the two of you, as your consciousness expands and you see this light just flashing past, you, you know that you've definitely helped in this particular situation. Again, so we're going to do three rolls in total. So I'm going to do another Arcana. Okay. This time I'm going to get Grey to roll the Arcana and Zilzara to roll the Survival. Shit, what are my survival? Terrible, probably. Survival stat, plus Ooh, one. Seven. Seven, okay. Uh, 18 plus one, 19. 19. Okay. The ship maintains its speed. It doesn't go any faster. And as your consciousness stretches out, you sense... You start to sense things within the void, like brief flashes of light. And sorry, the Arcana check was the low one, wasn't it? The survival check was the high one. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Survival check was the high one. Yeah. So you start sensing in the void, and like and then brief flashes of light as they just zip past. But again, the ship maintains its speed. Um. There's no wobble. There's no kind of break. There's no any fracture, anything that resembles what you've heard before from Karabash about the description of the two instances where they saw the spell jamming ship crumple in on itself or that giant asteroid crab kind of half alive, trapped in, in kind of enveloped in the prism of what, what is the Flossogen. So, this is the final row. Um, we're going to reverse it again. Uh, Lopan, Survival, and uh, Zilzara, Arcana. DC on this is slightly higher compared to the other ones. So, Dead low I, mean, I was really worried. Sorry, Zilzara <laughs> and Gray. Zilzara and Gray. Sorry. So I'm rolling Arcana yes, again. And Gray, you're rolling the. Hey. Hey, plus five. 13. 13 on Arcana. Okay. Ooh, 21, okay. baby. 21 nice. Um, okay. The ship starts to slow down. As it starts to pull back a bit, and you, because you kind of tense a second because you're not used to this type of a connection. You're used to yeah. being 
contained within yourself and that you start to feel uncomfortable in this because you're sensing both the, the twins together as one mind and also gray is there as well and you're sharing this consciousness with these three individuals and it's starting to unnerve you a bit and you pull back a bit and as you do the ship starts to slow um and just as it starts to slow there is a flash starboard bow of the ship and a fracture appears and there's a crack that like lightning in the air that starts to ripple Shit. through as the as as the stars start the lines of stars breaks and snaps and it's like it's like part of where you're traveling caves in on itself and the ship lurches slightly towards it but gray you see this happen and you reach out and push with your mind with that higher roll was it 21 you got was it Yep. What did you get? Yep. 21? Yep. The DC, was, the DC was 20. Um, so the ship pushes and you feel the ship start to suck in. And Lopan, you see Karabash kind of stand up a second as, as if he's hearing something. And the shouts and you all see the crew on deck as they see this in the distance. And the shouts and, and calls of alarm. And you manage to shunt the ship away from the fracture as it appears just off the starboard bow. Oh, wow. And you push past it, and you see it disappear behind you. Just... It's like it's like the space is folding in on itself and starting to kind of crumple and crack. Like, it's like... It's kind of like a, a, a bullet a bullet hole in the windshield type of a situation. Um, Do I have the wherewithal to know what we did? You just instinctively pushed the ship. So yeah. you don't may not know what exactly what you did. Yeah, but can, I, do I know enough to go yay? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I go yay. <laughs> yay. Um, sorry, stupid question. Do does it matter which spell slots we've used for those? Um, for those particular tree rolls, I'm going to get you to use up. You are you're using up your second level spell slots. Okay. Okay. Trade him. Okay. Um, because you have shaved an entire day's travel off. Nice. Nice. We're helping. We're helping you. Um, Zilzara, you instinctively pull yourself out of the connection. Um, and you find yourself kind of standing, slightly disorientated as your consciousness comes back into your own body. And you're kind of left there. Grey, you, you kind of slowly but surely come back out of it and readjust with yourself uh, and the twins then just sink back into the chairs like you can hear the, the two of them in unison like well that was very interesting indeed Harabash I do believe these two fine adventurers saved our bacon and Harabash is kind of looking nodding slightly and it's like well this is interesting I think I need to go speak to the captain Oh, um, alone. And he just turns and walks away out the door, leaving the three of you there in the room. Um, is there anything in the group? Lopan, yeah? Yeah, I hear that alone, and I wa- and he wanders off. I want to ninja vanish and follow him in Leerwig. Okay. If I can. Uh, yeah, if, can yeah. Does that, does that require any perception from me? Um, well, I'm going to do a... Well, I'm going to do a... Stel- well, you tell me. Do I need to... 
I want to do a stealth and kind of follow him and like earwake then when they're talking. Um, he's um, yeah. Give me give me a give me a stealth check with advantage because he's distracted. Thank you. Perception check me for now. him. So advantage. Oh, that's a twenty-four. Yeah, he rolled a natural six plus. Ooh. Actually, shy. So yeah, that's fine. No, you literally the two of you when you're kind of coming back into consciousness as you're slipping into the room, you see Carabash leave. And you look around and you're like, there's Lopan. Um, Lopan, you're, you're stealthing behind Carabash as he stalks himself through the corridor. Um, we'll come to you now in a second, Lopan. Yeah, uh, Gray and Zilzara, what are you doing at this point? You've just come back into the room. You're back in the room. Um, I'm back in the room. You're back in the room and your consciousness has now slipped back into your bodies. It was a very unique experience for both of you. Uh, and a different experience for both of you, considering how you are as individuals. So, you're now kind of the twins are eyes closed, still in their chairs. The ship, the the the, yeah. the, the runes are starting to kind of the glow is starting to come back down. And you're kind of just looking at each other as you stand there. I I go over to Zill and I'm like, I like uh, grab our hands. I'm like, hey, we did that! Oh my god, I got to feel so powerful. I felt like that must be what you feel like all the time, right? When you're exploding, guys. Right? It was it was different though. It was it was different than when I normally explode guys. <laughs> um it felt great. Sorry, my double entendre disease is kicking in something fierce. <laughs> double Latin entendre. Um <laughs> oh, damn. that was, yeah, was wild. That was pretty intense, man. I kind of feel like I need a drink. I kind of feel like we should bring these two boys for drinks when we stop, eventually stop at the flood yeah, if, Do you if, guys ever get a break? Yes, darling, we get a break when the ship stops. So how far are we from your destination? A, a day's travel. A day's travel. So, uh, see if for drinks in a day i'm gonna go um for a wander mm-hmm so uh, hey 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 gray why don't you show me some of your favorite bits that you saw earlier sure as uh, some of the parts i got really good acoustics oh yeah yeah uh i'll show you uh so, what about lopan what you doing lopan lopan's not there he's gone you like you, you can. Oh yeah, he went to sneaking. Yeah, you two can give me a perception check if you want with disadvantage. If you're, because you're coming back into it, and that's when he fucked off. So yeah, uh, if he's uh, one, to see if we notice. If you or... noticed him going poof. Okay. okay, well I didn't notice with that one. Sorry, what am I rolling? Perception. perception. So my lowest was eight. You didn't see shit. <laughs> uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Um, no, you didn't see him either because he rolled pretty high, twenty-four. Right. Um, nice. Yeah. So you, you you don't see him at all. You don't know where he's gone. You just know that he was there, and then he stepped there. away from me, <laughs> and he moved through the ship. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, love it. Sorry. Um. So Lopan, you're hot on the heels of Carabash. He's not. He's basically run. He's brisk pace, not running, but he's. Walking at a brisk pace, and he's a big man. Um, he heads straight to the captain. Power walking. Yeah, power walking. Like, 
Giving it socks. Like he said, he keeps those tight buns, you know, uh, in, his, in his maroon <laughs> pants. Um, he makes his way into the captain's cabin uh, and close, like, like, and he kind of goes in and you manage to slip in just as he closes the door. I'll allow for that with such a high roll. Um, and you kind of hide yourself behind some of the furniture and he kind of makes his way into the room. He's like, Captain, um, she says, did we? She, she was like, I, I'm just, yeah, we picked up speed there. You tell me we couldn't. And it's like, it was your new friends. Um, they actually helped. They helped the twins. And we, I think we've shaved a fair chunk off our destination. I haven't done the calculations just yet, but we narrowly missed. I don't know what happened. According to the twins, it was, it was the, um, the tabaxi one that helped, uh, move the ship it was like i i felt that it was a bit we shunted i was it was quite i was but look and she holds up like i hope and you see her hold up a chart like i was making a new chart and it made me do and it's like there's like a line that's like off oh it's i'm like, sorry no, i'm going to have to start this again and she just puts it down and picks out another piece of parchment what 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 did what happened is that we almost hit a fracture almost we we Moved at the last minute. We managed to shunt out of the way, but it was definitely there. Small at first, but started to grow. Apparently, the crew um, definitely saw it. So I'm going to have to calm down. There, I'm going to have to rely on Merrick and his usual merriment. Uh, and she looked well. Give them more rum, I suppose. Um, it always helps. Uh, extra serving at at dinner time at mess. Um. Do you know, find out how much we have left, but how much distance we have left to travel, but, uh, oh, this, do you think it's connected to them? He's like, well, to you know, to the, to the original group, the original, and she kind of gestures at her collarbone, Lopan, give me a perception check. You're hiding. To shreds, you say. Nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nineteen. She kind yes. of gestures, kind of at her collarbone, and kind of pulls it down slightly. She kind of reveals some of the, the the arcane tattoos. The the original the original crew. My father's crew. Do you think it's linked with them? It, it seems a bit too. Convenient that we're the ones finding these things, or you are at least. I, I, I don't know if it's linked with the crew, but it's, it's definitely something to worry about. It may be. I mean, I don't know what that is. I don't know what we have to do to get rid of it. It's a curse that has followed this ship for a long time, and. I've I've never seen I've never seen it pass the way it's passed to you and to this new one. But if anyone could tell you what it is, it'd be the brothers. They were they knew your father, they knew the the original crew members, I suppose, but they went down a darker path than what you travel. I know. It's just I didn't think I'd have to deal with this so soon. 
I thought I'd have more time. And now I've seen it transferred. I, I, we need to contain it. Nobody else can, nobody else can be hurt this way. Hopefully the brothers can help us. Hopefully. Well, go on, make your calculations. We'll be there soon, I suppose. I'm going back to these charts. She kind of goes back and starts thinking at the charts. And Karabash leaves. I'll nip out when he opens the door. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to... Yeah, um, yeah, just wanted to hear what they were saying. I'm a bit wary of this crew still. Just everything seems too nice. But... um. Fine. <laughs> There was no way, because obviously I have the same records as she has, there's no way they could have transferred to the brothers while we were helping. Um, not that you noticed. Okay. Not that you noticed initially, no, but they were, there was no, there didn't seem to be any transfer of that type of power. You could see. <clears throat> um. Okay, so you two are up on deck. Lopan, you've just snuck out from Karabash. And the, the captain having that meeting. Um, I'm going to wander around the boat, just have a look around. So when I get back, I can tell a white lie that is truthful if anyone asks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you two, where exactly are you going on the ship? What are you doing? Uh, we are going below deck, but not very far down okay. so i don't know how many decks there are but we're we're not on we're not out in the air anymore you're not out out we're, we're in, just out somewhat in oh, somewhat i'm out. just showing <laughs> zil some of the nooks yeah i mean like there's there's a lot well, of all the entendres all the entendres dark corners <laughs> Um, there are five decks in total it's a very deep ship there's a lot going on down there. yeah it's a beast wow. of a thing um and it's it's kind of time lord technology that you're there's places in here that you're like hang on a second if we're here we could actually be outside the hole what's going on but as you drop down through the decks you see the crew milling about below and there's you're getting the impression that there's a lot of crew on this ship um all wearing the same garb some of them in in in, in newer newer garb than older than other ones um some of the older crew members you can see their their leather armor is worn a bit um, the maroon trousers are a little bit faded but they're all again going about their day uh, working uh, at their stations whatever stations that may be you do pass as you go down into kind of the middle decks you do pass a large section that you kind of harken back to what Lopan talked about about whatever these gadabouts are and you see a mm. bunch of um, uh, half elves and tieflings about three or four in total kind of tending to these large plant like creatures seem to have kind of weird bluish type of wings folded around them they're hooked and held up on parts of the wall as you walk past and the crew kind of give you a nod and they seem to be spritzing them um with little spritzer bottles that are kind of made out of little metal little metal spritzer bottles they're kind of rubbing them down and you can see these plants are kind of like moving slightly and quivering and the wings are kind of fluttering uh and they kind of nod they're kind of Sorry, I just have to plug my laptop in. Yeah, okay. it's just reminiscent of of the, the description that Lopan gave you of whatever the hell these things are, um, and and Gray, you bring 
Zilzara down and you find this like, couple of different areas that are just for storage um, you see kind of like different crates barrels all this type of stuff but you find some place that's some nice acoustic <laughs> uh, uh, yeah so I'm literally walking through just <laughs> how nice the acoustics are I'm like check it out here and dum, 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 boom boom it's nice huh yeah it's great I uh there might have been something a bit more interesting down here ah oh, well we can do your thing now I was just finding uh, uh spots uh for for things uh, you sure you don't want to sing a bit here before we leave because it's real good good baffles what have you been working on oh gets all coy song about us ink well you know i'm working on it it's not ready yet i see yeah now i'm gonna have to <laughs> do, do i have to change genre halfway through because this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, originally it was a ballad. Is it a, a, an opera now? I don't know. Gets, we'll all, gets all synthy in the second verse. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there could have been a chance that we'd just be passengers in in uh, in in this thing and it wouldn't warrant a verse, but oops. We avoided a rift in space. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, I'm working on things. We can't hear it yet. It's not ready. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so what would you like to look at? I wouldn't mind going up, back up on deck and taking a stroll around because I kind of want to see the stars go by. Yeah, sure. That sounds nice. Where did Lopan get to? Yeah, where did Lopan get to? Smash cut. Lopan. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> wondering how I got here. <laughs> Lopan just, flo no, just fl floating in space. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we'll end tonight's episode. No. Uh, um, and we, the same shit and we lay the same him back in like this. Yeah. Um, so, um, Lopan, what are you up to? I'm, I'm just wandering around the ship kind of like look it's just if anyone asked me where was i i can say you know technically i'm not lying that i just went roaming around the ship so mm. i'm doing just waste about 10 12 actually not waste he will look around and like he is kind of like away from everyone he can like you know like kind of just like kind of go this is so cool you know and wander around taking note of where everything is is there a crow's nest on this one that there is yeah that well, yeah. I already had an idea. There's two places Lopan would love to go. He's gonna say the best to last, but he just clicked with them. He wants to know what weapons they have on this ship because he knows that certain ships have armaments. So what would this type of ship have? And then he's gonna to go to the rabbit's nest. I mean crow's nest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, weapons. So want to check. So Lopan, you're kind of wandering along the deck, and you're they're giving a nod to the crew, and some of them are not acknowledging your presence. Um. You wander up to kind of along the each side of the ship and you notice that there are large kind of circular sections that are laid out 
seem to have arcane crystals and trapdoors in them. Um, that kind of seem to open into the deck below. Large trapdoors with these large, like this, on either side of this circular section, on, on the left and the right side of it, there are huge green arcane crystals that seem to kind of come up out of it and then they have handles on them. And there, there's about, there's three on either side towards the, the kind of the stem of the ship, up at the front of the ship. So there's three on one side and three on the other, and they all seem to be pointed outwards. There's also one as you pass a bit further back. There's one on either side, kind of halfway down the ship. Now you haven't been to the to the aft of the ship to see it, but you can kind of guess from the formation and what you've seen actually of your knowledge of ships in general, not just mm -hmm. spell jammers. Um, the armaments are kind of laid out in that formation, and this looks like they are ballista placements, but there's nothing actually there. Does because it's been said around Lopan, Does this look like you need to be a spell user to use no it doesn't well you not the, give me give me an investigation check cool just um investigation uh oh oh okay that's an 11 11 you're kind of looking at it and while there are definite components here that seem to have arcane energy there's also mechanisms there seems to be winches and cogs and wheels and handles that you would turn that do something but for the life of me for the life of you you can't figure out what it is you're um, kind of like hmm. curiosity um i'm no uh, i'm gonna look for a nearby crew member um yeah you look around and there's like a couple of crew members milling about and then off to one side see the familiar face of bright eyes he seems to be up with his mop and he's scrubbing the deck ah owen Nice to see you. Like, uh, come here for a sec. Um, Sorry, that was that was mop, not ma, right? There it is, ma. Hello. Um. Yeah. Like, so you've been like, and I'm looking at it, and like, you've been here like what, four four weeks now, yeah? I have. Yeah, and you you've been pretty much around this. Uh, I was gonna say boat. Is that the right terminology for this boat, flying boat, or is it spell jam? It's a sp Bell jammer, I suppose is what they right. call it. Yeah. Right, so like um, lot. How does this work? Oh, um, I haven't seen that work myself. It's uh, it's one of the it's one of their ballistas. Um, I think, and he kind of meekly moves over and he kind of grips the handle. There's two handles, one on either side, so it's kind of like a, a circular motion that. You'd, two people would push and he's like i think if i push this side and somebody pushes that side it it's a mechanism and the ballista will come up out of the deck and it will be there to fire That's like, kind of when a, he goes over to one side and he says that low pan is on the other side pushing the sea give me a oh, give me a strength check <laughs> oh god really yep yeah <laughs> well there's my phone gone uh, <laughs> uh okay an 11 Okay. Number eleven. Uh, he rolled minus one. He also rolled an eleven. Um, it starts to you slowly but surely hear, and you just start to hear mechanisms like cogs moving and twisting, and the two arcane crystals that are kind of in the circular section they just start to, and they glow slightly as they you start to push it around, but it gets about like gets about. Not even a third of a rotation, and then it just stops, and you don't can't seem to push it any further. And Owen is like, 
I'm I generally the bigger crew members are the one that pushes this stuff in and stuff. I'm not I I I'm I'm this is why I just mop things. No, no, it's all right. Like, um, may I suggest that, you know, like, you kind of pull out the, the crossbones. Like, why start training in this? Like, where you, you're lacking strength, like, you might be good in, like, you know, decks, so to speak. But no, I, I, I'm just kind of curious, and I, I kind of have a little bit more of a look. And, like, kind of like to see, I know a little bit about, um, like, like crossbows and firearms. So I'm just kind of having a look to see if there's, if there's anything like that or if it's more... Arcana, which is kind of out of my it's well set, like from what you can see as soon as you started to twist and turn this thing the the deck the deck itself started to open slightly and you can see that there's definitely a mechanism under the deck that's coming up out of it but you could barely make it out with that strength check you couldn't really fully open it no 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 reason i, I give it a nod to and saying like oh, we'll let go now and put it back and put it back then yeah he slowly you know? he gingerly tries to start letting it because you know when you're pushing something and you're like yeah this is a bit of uh, the, the kind of the torque but then as you're letting it back it kind of moves a bit heavier so he's like yeah eh, 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 and he kind of it just kind of clunks back and hits him in the chest he's like ow <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of like you know tap him on the back i'm like nah it'll be all right man the pain will pass nice one like you know okay, okay, thanks for that okay, Luke. i okay. appreciate that Luke. please enjoy it <laughs> And he kind of weakly, meekly, weekly and meekly goes back over to his mop mm. and bucket and starts mopping away. Kind of like, <coughs> um, give me a perception check, Lopez. No worries. That's a 21. 21. Just as Owen moves away and you're kind of looking back at the contraption, you notice on the deck, kind of off kind of hidden behind where that kind of the, the handles were but since it moved it seems to have skittered out you see a small kind of cerulean crystal it's it's jagged and roughly hewn uneven um but it glimmers kind of like starlight small even in your hand it's kind of small I will say, um, like, I'm going to wear gloves. Yeah, yeah. Pick it up just to be on the safe side. Yeah, so you, <laughs> you're going to pick it up? Um, I'm going to test to see if there's any heat coming off it. Um, you get close, and it kind of, it's pretty cool enough to the touch, as far as you can tell. Quite cool. Lopan looks around for signs, <laughs> <laughs> and then picks it up. You pick it up, and as you hold it in your palm of your hand, it's, and again, it's small. It sits in, your, in the palm of your hand. It's quite small. But you're looking at it, and it's kind of shimmering. And you, it's like you're looking into part of the of the void. Whoa. And it's it's refracting. And roll me your perception check, please. Seventeen. Just on the last turn of it, when you're moving it around in your hand, you swear you see a golden eye peering out at you. Just for a brief second, as you move it in the palm of your hand, a golden eye kind of flickers, and then as you move it, it's gone. I'm like, 
do 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 and I put it back down. Do 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 stand a little bit away. And then I sh then I take my light crossbow and point at it. And it's like, and I shout out, uh, I'm just after seeing a bloody eye out of this thing. Like to anyone that's looking, like I'm pointing at it, like. Oh, Owen is the closest crew member. He's like, you what? Like that thing looked at me. And he kind of, kind of saunters over towards you and looks down and sees the crystal. He's like, ah, what's that? And he goes to reach down and pick don't, it up. Don't like kind of push him back. Don't go near it. Like, ah. don't. Just safety first. Not even wearing gloves, Owen. Like, like you don't know what the hell this could be. This could be, uh, you know, like a polymorph dragon or something. Like, you don't know what. <laughs> you know, like it could turn into <clears throat> many eyes or something. You know, but like, and I look around for, hey, you, like come here. It's kind of getting any of the crew. Um, you see that the tall half elven gentleman with the white hair and the little beard come over well what's the problem like uh you know i'm new to the ship so like if it turns out to be ammunition i apologize but like uh that thing there i picked it up and i swear to god it looked at me you kind of i've heard rumors of like things like this with eyes and they turn out to be like creepy things but uh you know Oh, how interesting. He kind of, with a gloved hand, you notice, he kind of reaches down, picks it up, and kind of looks at it and turns it in his hand. How oh, very interesting. And he just Don't stares it at it. Close to your face, Luke, you know, just in case. And Merrick, who he is, that's his name, as you were given. Oh, it's a cleric. Oh, cool. Uh, Mer exactly. Merrick the cleric. Um, as he stands there looking at this crystal line whatever in his hand and the silver spear cuts through the void towards the flotsam with you on deck with him and Grey and, Grey and Zilzara in the bells of the ship checking the acoustics that is where we're going to leave tonight's adventure uh, <gasps> oh really? yeah oh man I want to know what it is um, oh spoiler sweetie this has been Sorcery and Shenanigans. We are in space. space. We, hope space. You, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. We will see you again very shortly. Uh, do not forget to enter into this month's competition for the giveaway of... Win the things! The win. The Body Nine Origins of Caleb Widobagast. Uh, who is the name of the player who plays Caleb Widobagast in Campaign 2 of Critical Role? Uh, answer below and share the video on social media check out our sponsors Dublin City Comics and Dakota Irish so DublinCityComics.ie and DakotaIrish.com discount code for Dakota Irish is right down there and it will we will be up on screen it would have been up on screen as well at the halfway mark as well um, but yeah folks stay safe thank you for checking us out we are Sorcery Shenanigans you can find us on Twitter under The Irish Pub The Irish Pubcast on Facebook The Irish Pubcast on Instagram, the Irish Pubcast. Uh, all of our own individual details are below as well. Thank you, lucky, lucky you lucky people. Uh, we want to say thank you as well because we okay. we gave her a shout out a while ago, but um, her artwork is amazing. Thanks to Cat as well, who's responsible for all of our character art. Nice one, Cat. Character art there you, you see are. of Lopan Tiny Fork, Grey Pipstrel, and Zilzara Misrune. 
uh, go check Kat out uh, on her Etsy page. You can also see her as it's ix underscore cato on Twitter. Xcato. Xcato. Um, so yeah, folks, this has been Social Shenanigans. Until the next time. Bye bye.